Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 212. Sorry we didn't have an episode last week, or that we didn't even tell you guys we were going to have an episode last week. We were going to talk about Super Bowl trailers, but given that there's only really two trailers that we're actually worth talking about, and the fact that I was really under the weather to the point of just like, well, if I can't really speak, that kind of defeats the point of a podcast. Josh could probably go solo, but I'm the one that has a lot of the assets <laughs> needed for the show to run. Yeah. I'm the one to host the program and everything else. Like Josh could have gone old school and just recorded it in his car somewhere, but we're just like... Also, there's not a ton of news, so we'll just wait a week. Uh, so we're back. We're going to finish out our trilogy. We're going to talk about more movies that we've been alive for the best movies of the 2010s which honestly of all the decades we've talked about so far this is the most stacked one yet i think the yeah, 2010s holy cow the way i was looking at it was the 90s was very much the nostalgia era of yeah. like movies yeah uh we were born in this era the 2000s was also very much a nostalgia era of we were more the 90s were we remember them a lot when we were kids, but the 2000s ones, we could actively remember seeing them yeah. the first yeah. time. Whereas the 2010s, it's nostalgia for a different reason of we were becoming adults and we were becoming film fans of our own. So a lot of these I just have really core memories of because of college or just the stuff of like, oh, my yeah, memories are yeah, so yeah. vivid for very specific movies. Um so I'm looking forward to this week. But Josh, please tell me you haven't been a better week than I am right now. <laughs> My week's been all right. I mean, I, I think that something that I'm excited for about this topic that we're talking about today is it's very much like this is the time period when like I actively started going to the theater to see movies. Um, so that like definitely affects it quite a bit. But like yeah, my week's not been too bad. Uh I've been working a lot and watching a lot and reading a lot. I started the Percy Jackson series this past week, um, the books for the first time. And I know I texted you. Um, I'm halfway through the first book. Um, and I know you and I had that brief discussion of like, you know, everybody always compares this to Harry Potter and which is better, blah, blah, blah. Yes. You know, they kind of have a built in system that they don't necessarily have to worry about a lot of the details on. Whereas, you know, uh, a JK Rowling has to uh, build everything from the ground up. Um, that being said, Percy Jackson is still just so much more entertaining. Like it's, it's like it's snappy. Like everything, all the like vibe of Harry Potter is still there, but like none of the fluff. <laughs> like unlike JK Rowling, like the author of the Percy Jackson book doesn't go on for like three pages about a storyline that is not even prevalent to the whole book like oh so you mean like yeah. spew gosh the whole what was it chamber of secrets that has that like almost four chapter long sequence about the dragon and then that mean ends up meeting nothing oh um, um like getting it to percy and whatnot yeah 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 yeah. i thought that was That's, the same dragon that shows up at the in the last see, book they never say that they never at least, well maybe i missed it i'm Did fans just make that like, connection Half the good lore of Harry Potter was yes. was created by the fans. Yeah, and not from Twitter. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a fun week. I I've done like I've been, I've taken to like just relaxing quite a bit more and doing stuff that I enjoy wow. just to enjoy it. I wish I yeah. knew what that was like. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 
So just a brief update on me. I was out of commission all last week. It kind of sucks, though. It's like I haven't worked a Saturday in a while. I haven't needed to, but I was worked Saturday last week because one of my coworker friends was um was doing something else. So I had Tuesday off during the week. Guess who got sick Tuesday on their day off? And so I got was just stuck at home and I was kind of just feeling under the weather all last week. That coupled with the fact that my car broke down and has now broken Yeesh. down twice, and I'm looking at. A very nice um, loan requiring potentially um, repairs Yay. for it. So I'm just like, aha, I'm an adult. But given that I was trapped at home for a while working from home, thankfully I have a job that I can work from home. I just prefer to be in the yeah. office. But uh, given that I was working from home, I got to catch up on a lot of stuff because I'm, I'm massively behind on watching stuff this year. Uh, Y'all think the NFL is scripted? I love those memes. I watched a documentary about a sport that actually is scripted called the NBA. Um, <laughs> Netflix had this great documentary called Operation Flagrant Foul, which if any kid watched sports oh, yeah. in the mid 2000s, you know the name Tim Donahue very, very well, who is a NBA, former NBA, <laughs> former uh, NBA ref that basically, while he will claim he never bet on games, he was a conduit for others to bet on games. And so basically he would give inside information and get paid anywhere between 2000 to 5000 for every game that he called correctly for people. And he called like 75% of the games correctly. Um, but basically he was betting on games that he refed. The NBA will still deny that he was a one-time outlier and that he's the only person that's ever done it. I have never once believed that. And after this documentary... Yeah. I still don't believe it. I definitely think looking at the big, the way that the league, both NBA and NFL operate, it's just like, we like the TV ratings better if the matchup is this, or say mm -hmm. the game goes six games instead of a sweep. That's two extra games of ad revenue. We like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if like the league will always predetermine who the champion is. I will never go that far, but in terms of preferring certain matchups to happen, absolutely yeah. it still makes me i still love it when the bucks won the championship a few years ago it's just like oh i bet you all the espn broadcasts and whatnot hated this because they had to actually talk about a middle market team um yeah but to the documentary's credit and to the nba's credit tim don he seems like a very sketchy individual to just like the stuff that he's presenting as not necessarily the main character but as one of the people involved in the whole overall narrative that they're presenting I never bought him as a reliable narrator, a la Joker. So I'm just like, yeah, the league sounds sketchy, but other people sound sketchy in this too. So I don't think we're ever going to get a full picture of this. Uh, like yeah. I said, I was out of commission last Tuesday, which just happened to be Valentine's Day. So I watched My Bloody Valentine. I had actually I had seen the remake in college and actually I don't mind it. It's got an interesting twist. The twist is more interesting had I now seen the original because they switch up who the killer is in the remake. And I think the remakes works better. Um, this one, they kind of mm. just say it's like a twist ending of who the killer is, but they actually have to like give you flashbacks of like, hey. You remember this character, right? We're going, um... Barely? No. No, not really. But thanks for the reminder. It's... It's fine. It's... It's a minor slasher. And by that, I mean it takes place in a mine in Canada. I hate um, you. Boo. It's... Boo. It was fine. It was a dumb slasher. I think the new one has better kills, which is weird to say. Uh, I watched Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. Posted my review. It's better than Love and Thunder, but that's probably not the biggest ringing endorsement of the movie. 
Um, also, again, it doesn't shake the fundamentals of the MCU like we were all kind of promised of next time, guys, next time. It, we're going to get Transformer Syndrome here soon if people are going to stop believing the boy who cried wolf in terms of yeah. quality and just stop going. Um, it was... It was fine, but my more detailed thoughts can be seen in the review. There's just a lot here. Um, normally, Marvel, I don't think, miscasts, but I think there's one character in particular that they severely miscast, I think, in this movie and makes me worried about the future. And also, I'm very worried about the future because the guy that wrote this is the one writing Kang Dynasty, and I'm just going, ah, I don't know if this is the best option writing-wise. Uh, and then lastly, because I was stuck at home and just wanted something to put on for a while, I decided to go back and rewatch the uh, Shutter documentaries In Search of Darkness, which are basically just like four-hour documentaries looking back at 80s horror. Like the first one, I had heard of a lot of those movies. You get into volume two, you get a whole bunch of stuff that not even I have heard of, but it's like, Jeez. all right, this is cool. This is kind of entertaining of just like picking up a random VHS off a family video shelf and just going, huh. Let's check out what this movie is about. That's that's basically what In Search of Darkness is. Um, it, it's good. I'm going to watch the third one. I think that's the final one that they said before they move on to the 90s. It's also like five and a half hours long. So I'm like, ha content. Uh, I hope Jeez. to see Creed sometime, but, they, but that might be next week. And also kind of depends on the future yeah. of my car. Uh, have you been watching anything else? Or you've been mainly reading. Oh, dude. Um, I actually was pretty active. <laughs> um, episode five of Last of Us, oh, we, we've yet to be dude. able to talk about on, on the pod. Incredible. Um, Emotionally broke first, me. Yeah. One of the, I won't say the first time, but it's been a long time since the show's broke me the way that that, that, that broke me. Um, really, really, really good. I have not watched episode six yet. It's probably going to happen tonight. There's, um, I will say, without delving into spoilers, Episode six will end on a cliffhanger and the cliffhanger that they present, I think is more believable than how it's presented in the game. It's similar, okay. but different, just like the show. It's similar, but different in its cliffhanger, but I'm going, I think I prefer this cause it's hard to describe, but I don't, I didn't always buy when it happened in the game either. If that makes fair sense. Enough. No. Yeah, that's fair. We can talk more um, about I've, once you've seen it though. Fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, I finally watched Nobody. Um, my dad had not seen it, and we, he he he'd been like, "Hey, we should watch this. It looks interesting." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, okay." Um, it's cool. It's a John Wick knockoff. It like, really clearly, is, but Bob Odenkirk's clearly good. is. But the the fight scenes are good. They're very well choreographed. I like that he's just not it much like John Wick. He's not just going in and like winning. Like it's not like it's nothing. Like there's several fights of like I don't know how you live after this, but sure, buddy. Okay, um, it's cool. Uh, the story for me was a little like shoddy, just because it's like all right, cool. So I happened to be here. And so now this is happening. And then I beat these guys up because they were about to rape a girl on a bus. And uh, now I'm in trouble with the Russian mob it is it's And so then I, so I burned all their money. It, I don't know. It's, it's out there. It's not as interesting as John wick, but it's cool. I guess um, I last night actually watched jumper. Cause my brat, my dad and oh, wow. brother had never seen jumper. And I was like, it's fun. I mean, it's not like, top tier amazing sci-fi but like it's interesting nonetheless and quite honestly i it makes me wish that the internet had not bullied hayden as much um i think given the right role hayden is in hayden christensen is 
actually really entertaining and he, very subdued in all of his portrayals. And I actually really, really like it a lot. Like um, it reminds me a lot of uh, modern day Kristen Stewart, um, who is incredible. And she's never, she's actually become a very underrated games. actress. I think. Yeah, absolutely. She rarely goes really big in her performances, but when she does it actually means something. And I think Hayden is the same way, uh, especially seeing like a lot of the, a lot of what he does in jumper. Um, that being said, Jumper's fine. It's not like it's a thing. I, I didn't realize it was based off a book, so I added that book to my to I don't my think TV I realized it was based off a book either. Yeah. Uh which is something I a book uh, on in the process of doing the the list for tonight. I was like, oh gosh, I remember that movie. Wasn't that based on a book? And I added that to that that to, to the list. I was uh we'll talk about it eventually but um but yeah and then finally uh i have been wanting to watch steven universe for a long long time you watch it under my account yeah duh uh (laughs) you have your own profile wait i watched it on yours yes i could have sworn i was on mine i know for a fact i've never once seen steven universe and so when it says continue watching steven universe i'm like well no one else in my family watches Steven Universe, and the only other person on this account <laughs> definitely does watch Steven Universe. Okay, so me, me, I, I wonder if there was like a period of time when I accidentally clicked it or whatever, because I definitely finished it on my account. Um, but anyway, uh, I watched all five seasons of Steven Universe, so there's that. Um, it is incredible. Uh, I, I don't understand how people look down on animation when literally the last like 15 episodes of, St- of steven universe i literally was a sobbing mess through you know the whole time which 15 episodes were like 10 11 minutes each so like you can knock out a season in a couple hours easily uh but yeah it's it's great i enjoyed it uh i am going to watch the movie soon and then i need to watch the future series um currently uh watching through um adventure time because i've always meant to watch that so yeah man it's it's been a good uh, been a good time for animation not gonna lie it seems like it's gonna be a very good time for animation to make the jump to live action though yeah uh as josh's favorite series of all time how to train your dragon is getting the live action treatment now i've already seen some people Getting very, very nervous about this. I am not one of those people, actually. I think this is a good idea, and here's why. I think this will translate a whole lot better to live action than, like, a Kung Fu Panda or a Shrek. Mm -hmm. Because, oh dear god, I do not need Shrek in live action form. Um, (laughs) Whereas How to Train Your Dragon, I think some of the charm and the wonder of the series could translate into live action form. But what makes me just go, okay... That's a that's a good thing. Is the original trilogy director is coming back for these live action movies? And make no mistake, they've just said one for now, but they'll yeah. make them all. Um, if the same guy is coming back, it does kind of beg the question of why are you turning into live action form? Besides, you know, money and the theme park is opening in a few years. Um, yeah. But as the reigning How to Train Your Dragon expert, leader of the fan club, (laughs) slash whatever, Scaly, whatever you want to put here with this, Josh, 
How to Train a Dragon, your most beloved of franchises, is getting a live action remake slash reboot. Thoughts? Yeah. I'm I'm very uncertain about it, honestly. I because I love the movies a lot. I I don't know if necessarily bringing them into live action is gonna be more interesting. Um, I'm not 100. percent I I think it could benefit in that they will have the ability to kind of tweak the original story a little bit, make it a little bit not not that there's really any flaws in the first one. Um, but it could, I, I'm always open to like having like narratives shift a little bit to make it hit harder or what have you. Um, I think it definitely much in the way that the last of us is, is benefiting. Um, the series is all three movies is written. So they know where they're going now. Um, you can, so you can leave hit hints going along as to future events. Um, that, that little, uh, flashback, of in two when um the cloud jumper t- kidnaps his hiccups mom you can put that in the first movie now because that exists now uh it could be interesting to say the least i i, I just i just don't know i'm hesitant uh i i like that the original um director is coming back but um i don't know if it's needed but i agree with you though i think of the dreamworks productions movies that they've made so far i think this is probably the easiest less horrifying what yeah. uh, one to do you mean you don't want a shark tail live action with those terrifying Jeez. faces and just a slap happy will smith fish um also looking at the cast of shark tail how did you get so many famous people for such a mediocre movie i do not understand mm-hmm. um i'm I think this is a cool idea. My hope, though, is the first movie can follow the similar story beats of the original movie. But then after that, we kind of just expand the universe more and maybe not follow the trilogy beat for beat, but check in on other parts of the world because... Is it they have at least one? I thought they had like multiple spin-off shows on Netflix and whatnot. So it's like one or two, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're hoping that this live action one makes decent money, but then they could also spin out and do side stories. And I think you could very yeah. easily do that. The world of How to Train Your Dragon is very imaginative, visually beautiful. Um But make no mistake, this is also a synergy move of which would you rather Let's, which would you rather meet, an animated or a live action version when you go to Epic Universe opening in summer of 2025? Which, I mean, notice that this movie, this live action version of How to Train Your Dragon just happens to come out in the year 2025. I'm going, yeah, yeah. That branding, y'all better hope this movie's good. Just like y'all are really hoping that Mario is good. And I have no doubt that Mario will be. Um, And I think that was also a synergy move. Uh, I think this could be really, really interesting. I kind of hope Gerard Butler comes back as the dad oh, in live yeah. action form, because he could he could totally pull that off. Um, yeah, I I can't even begin to think about casting for this. Um, yeah, it's just it's just it's. I don't want to say it's easier to cast for an animated stuff, but it might be just because. You're not seeing their face. You're not seeing their physical yeah, presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I haven't seen him yeah. in anything. I don't try trying to remember if he's still alive, but um you know who would be really good for any of these movies? I can't remember specifically what I think he'd be good in is that guy from Muppet Treasure Island. Jim Jim Jimmy Jim 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 Jim. It was like uh Billy Connolly. Yeah. Have um oh oh yeah 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 I mean, sorry my brain went straight to treasure planet or whatever and i was like of course it did short. what are you talking what are you talking about uh billy, yeah, oh, I, it could be interesting billy Connolly I, is I still alive but he is 80 oh yeah yeah we'll see we'll see what happens man i am hesitant so the also like something to keep in mind the fact that it's coming out in 2005 most animated movies 25 takes, 2025 what did I, 2005. Did I say two hundred? Yeah, same thing. It comes out in 2005. <laughs> it predates even the original um, animated movie. <laughs> and, but like animated movies take like four or five years to make. So like this has been in the works for a long time. Like mm-hmm. I have no doubt that we'll get a trailer by the end of the year. Honestly, like at least a teaser or some images by the end of the year because it's it's been in production for so long. And I think this is like the first. I think this could be the first wave of DreamWorks kind of either rebooting or revitalizing some of their more popular franchises. We have heard rumblings of rebooted Shrek or a continuation of Shrek forever, even before Mm -hmm. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. We heard that either it was Shrek 5 or a rebooted version of Shrek to the point of we've seen, we totally have not seen, in massive air quotes, we totally have not seen the leaked looks of what the new Shrek will look like at all that has been floating around various universal social media accounts. Not at all. Um, so they clearly have plans to revitalize certain things. You got Kung Fu Panda 4 on the horizon. Um, so oh, excited so for that. Stoked. So stoked. So Universal, not Universal, I mean Universal does own DreamWorks. They're not planning on slowing down anytime soon and they might just be looking for new ways to tell the stories. I think they're just like, how to train your dragon ended in such a perfect way in the animated form. We think it could translate well to live action form, and I kind of hope that's what it is. But it also could just be money, as you know. Yeah, their contemporaries down the street also are very much looking into the money side of things. Yeah, and I I think if anything, we do need more live action fantasy type films. Um, and so like to, to for that aspect aspect, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. Why not? Moving on to our next topic, I'm calm for now, but it's been quite a few episodes since I've, you know, just completely blown a gasket and blown a blood vessel. So here we go. But first, let's talk about some positives, because I think there is some logical and rational decisions that are being made here. Frozen and Zootopia are both getting sequels. I'll be honest. Both of those make sense to me. I'm not the biggest Frozen fan in the world. I do not enjoy the first Frozen. I didn't even bother with Frozen 2. But that made Disney a lot of money. And for the most part, they're very well-received movies. They're just not for me. Zootopia, very clever and original, inventive universe. I could absolutely see more sequels for that. So we're getting more Zootopia. It also makes me go, didn't we just get a TV show of that recently? Um, uh, I don't think so. But... <laughs> Both Zootopia and Frozen, I was more just surprised that it took them this long to announce sequels, because Frozen is genuinely the cash cow, in which case they have sacrificed some of their own movies 
to sustain mm-hmm. sustain that cow, Big Hero Six. Um, not that I'm bitter at all that Frozen completely overshadowed and ruined the reputation of Big Hero Six because Disney poured all of its marketing into one movie instead. Yeah. Um, which quick side tangent. Speaking of marketing, where is the marketing for Shazam? That movie comes out in three and a half weeks. Um. Yep. James Gunn we, is. We cl- got some trailers. James Gunn is clearly <laughs> keeping Shazam in this universe. Um. But then. Okay. Yeah. There's two reasons we're talking about this news topic, people. One. The very first video that was ever done on this YouTube channel back when it was, uh, Movie Guy 17, was me breaking down the announcement that Toy Story 4 was in production. And then that took years and years and years and years for that movie to come out because Toy Story 4, as we'll get into in a little bit here, had a lot of production problems. But now, reason number two why we talk about this, Toy Story is one of my most sacred and beloved film franchises of all time. The first one is still one of, if not my favorite movie of all time because of how important it is to me. That being said we are getting toy story 5 and i'm not happy bob i'm not happy <laughs> not happy <laughs> you oh, were pushing buddy. it you were pushing it with toy story 4 i still defend toy story 4 as better than some people say a lot of people skip toy story 4 because they're like toy story 3 was the perfect ending to which I'm, i say you're right, but Toy Story 3 was the ending of Andy's story, and then Bonnie completely neglected her responsibility as a, as a child and just completely abandoned her toys. Toy Story 4 is the ending of Woody's journey, but the thing is, Woody was and always will be the central protagonist to Toy Story. It is the relationship between Woody and Buzz, and now that they've gone their separate ways... And it was very apparent by the things that were said on social media of like Tim Allen being like, all right, I'm back, guys. Too bad we're not going to have Woody. I'm just going, then you don't have Toy Story. I'm sorry, but you don't. And I know some people will be like, they could spin it off and make it about Ducky and Bunny or the new characters that were introduced in Toy Story 4. Hmm, oh, really? You know yeah. those ones that have left an indelible mark on society to the point that if you didn't, aren't... If, a Toy Story super fan like me, you would know that their names are Ducky and Bunny, voiced by Key and Peele. There weren't memorable characters in Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4 is fine, but it is the weakest. Toy Story 4 had a lot of production problems because they couldn't get the story right. They kept revising it over and over and over again, trying to find reasons to justify why the movie was happening. At the end of the day, you still did not give a clear reason why you made Toy Story 4 other than it made Toy Story 3 was the highest grossing animated movie of all time for a while there until I believe Frozen overtook it. But then you made Toy Story 4 and it was it was fine. It is an epilogue to a story that was already done. Mm-hmm. Now that you have the epilogue written, you can't Harry Potter and the Cursed Child this. There is no story here. And I know I've seen some people that are more positive than me. Bless your heart. That's just not me right now. They're just going, well, no Toy Story sequel was ever actually asked for, but it just happened and all of them have been great. Well, let's look at this. Toy Story 2 was originally supposed to be a direct-to-DVD movie that almost got deleted from Pixar's hard drives because of some idiotic mistake. Thankfully, somebody had a backup copy, but it was never actually supposed to be a like big sequel. It was supposed to be direct-to-DVD, and then they're like, oh, 
this is pretty good. Then it took them almost 10 years to make Toy Story 3 because they didn't want to ruin that legacy. Then you get Toy Story 4, and a crack started to show a little bit. And then flashback to last year, you get Lightyear, which divided critics and audiences, put all the behind-the-scenes stuff behind it. People just had issues with the story because they're going, Lightyear, cool. Where's everyone else from the Toy Story universe to the point of you had Pete Doctor, who's like the head of Pixar now, come out and go, yeah, maybe we asked too much of our audience. No, maybe just tell better stories, but also not confusing because there's so many leaps of logic that you have to make with Lightyear. Toy Story 5 should not happen. And it's blatantly Disney going, oh, we've screwed up our animation department so bad that they don't make money anymore because Chapek ruined the legacy that is the thing that created the company. You know, Disney was founded on animation. Wow, what a novel concept. It's almost like Disney celebrating 100 years as a company this year. <gasps> wow, what was that built off the back of? Animation! But you've ruined that department because you've either put your movies directly on Disney Plus the same day as you release them in theaters. Heaven forbid they even get to theaters. So you've already ruined the hard work that animators put in because you've broken it so badly. You have to go back to the well to the the proven properties your toy stories your frozen and Zootopia made pretty decent money leave this thing alone it deserves to stay dead leave the memories alone don't uh, it's i'll have more to say but i've gone long <laughs> enough josh I'll, I'll circle back to my thoughts please hold the sanity bag in this relationship right now <laughs> which is funny because i'm like the least sane of the two of us um but when i get riled but, yeah. up i'm the more riled up of us that's fair that's fair um frozen is fine i can see some stories there that would be that could be interesting um like what what would happen if um oh geez i forget their names all the time but um anna kendrick's character and her anna husband anna yes Kristoff. Yeah, look look i <laughs> I don't mind the movies, but then you hate them, and you know the names. But it, whatever, they're common um, knowledge. Anna, yeah, if um, the Anna Olaf is the name of the snowman having, too. <laughs> screw that guy. Uh, if they end up having kids, and then their kids start to show powers, that could be super, super interesting. Or I, I can just see there's a lot going on in that universe that could be very interesting. Um, same thing with Zootopia. Uh, it was definitely a, a, a unique film. Um, igniting furries everywhere. A, Bring back know, Shakira. Just, Shakira, Shakira. Um, so good. I enjoyed the first one quite a bit. Um, the story was interesting and unique. I love a good mystery. Um, there definitely wasn't enough clues along the way, really necessarily, to uh, make it where, oh, yeah, like you can figure this out on your own. Like, that's not the case. Uh, I would love to see what they do with the, with a sequel for Zootopia. Uh, it's exciting. That that to me is pretty exciting. <sighs> Toy Story Five is going to happen, whether we we yell about it or not. Um, I watch me. It, I can yell pretty loud. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I I'm sure. And you're in Florida, so I'm sure they can they'll hear you. But, no, Disney um, doesn't listen to fans anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. The biggest thing I can see is I is I'm hoping that and I haven't been paying attention to the, a lot of the side media for this after the announcement. I was too irritated with the announcement to look into anything else. What would be interesting to me is if they 
don't go back to the back with Buzz Lightyear and with the original, all, all of the other toys minus Woody, that which does, like you said, it does not work without Woody. Woody is the heart of this, of, of that original trilogy. So my, the only way I can see this, you know, becoming interesting again is if it is a new toy story, they just do toy story five, put it in, you know, like, Hey, this is another, this is a, a fifth toy story, but it's not necessarily the ones that we know, but it's a new kid, a new batch of characters, give give a new generation to a chance to grow up with some characters if you do a trilogy with just those i'm fine i'm fine returning to this well if it's something completely new if it's not if it's not going back to all right let's bring buzz buzz back all right well you know everybody's gonna be here except for woody which doesn't work to me um I, that's the only way I can see this working, at least at, in this particular moment, um, is that if they, and like, not even with Bonnie, I'm not even talking, like, don't bring anybody back. Don't bring Bonnie part. back. She's, she's the worst. Bonnie is tough. I think Bonnie was always going to be a tough character for us to get, get behind because we meet her in three. She is a product of her, of her environment. Yes. She is sweet because we see how she treats her, her toys in comparison to how the other kid, kids her age treat toys. But that doesn't make, make her in of herself an interesting character. I would be intrigued to see something new. And, uh, and if it ends up just being called Toy Story 5, and then we just have a new story and new characters, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fine with that. Keep it in my stand. Uh, but like, I don't think going back to the, doing a Toy Story 5 and then going, trying to go back to the well and try to force it to work is the way to work, way to go. The only thing that I can think of off the top of my head, I still don't love this idea, primarily because of what the previous movie was doing with this character but now that woody is gone woody was always the established locker room leader so to speak of he was the one that mm -hmm. the other toys looked up to they respected he was the one that did um mr spell's um safety teth um safety chat or whatever else like the toys mm -hmm. looked up to him now that he's gone and they were totally fine with him leaving with bo peep I would be very much interested, and again, I don't know if even I'm sold on this, if Buzz has to step into that role now, a role that he yeah. he's not ever really been before. He's always been okay with being the supporting guy to the guy that's in charge of everything. The only that way I'm just like, I don't know if I buy that is Toy Story 4 kind of turned Buzz into an idiot. Like, he's he's never been the sharpest to begin with. But he wasn't a moron. He got Drax the Destroyered a lot in Toy Story 4 yes. of just like, wait, he's so dumb that he listens to his automated voice in his head now? Like, Buzz was never that dumb. Like, Toy Story 2, he concocts his brilliant plan to go save his best friend. If somehow there's a new toy that comes into the fold, a la Forky, so to speak, that Buzz has to take under his wing, so to speak, and mm -hmm. lead the group in a new direction, and just feeling this inferiority of i had this great mentor in my life why can't i be like them and then um somehow you can get some of the older characters like 
Oh, see, it's tricky, though, because you don't have the voice actor that voiced him anymore that's still alive, but Mr. Potato Head, voiced by Don Rickles, who was always the most grumpy and curmudgeon, if he could be pull him aside and just be like, hey, you love, we all loved Woody, but Woody messed some stuff up a lot. He tried to kill you yeah. at one point. He tried to kill yeah. you. You've never tried to hurt any of us. We trust you. I think that could be really interesting. Um, that being said, I, like I said, they turned Buzz into an idiot in the last one. I don't know if I necessarily love that. But again, it's yeah. all about Woody and Buzz. That's what these movies are about. And the fact that one so of them has gone away. And also, like, it wasn't as emotionally stirring as I was kind of hoping for Toy Story 4 when they do say yeah. their goodbyes. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and so that's fine. If you, but like, if there is a. Uh, some story thread for some reason you decide to keep buzz on the not so smart side of things um cool give him he already has another cowboy in his life jesse's right there they can just be parents to the next generation of toys like i i i, I it feels so simple and i'm not a fan of of, of a of them doing another toy story but if you work on it, I'm sure there is an interesting story there, but we'll we'll just have to see. And now we go on the completely other end of the emotional spectrum <laughs> for me, as I just yeah, albeit I was calmer than I expected talking about Toy Story. I do not know if I will be able to be as calm for this next story as you know, James Gunn being once again overly active on Twitter to the point of it's entertaining it. for some of us and. We're just going, um, you don't have to answer every random question, uh, but also it's just super random of the, the social medias that he chooses to interact with just in general. And so some website put up a post that was like, um, vote for what DC characters you would like to see James Gunn <laughs> use in the future to which he just like reposted on his Instagram. It's just like, um, oh, there's 10 of these. Does five of the ten work for you? To which all of us just go. Which which five, James? Which, which five which are you five? talking about? So in descending order, these were the these were the ten that were brought up. And this is in descent. Um, I'll actually start with number ten. So these were like fan votes. And as they go higher, ten to one, it's who got the most fan votes. So number ten, John Constantine. Number nine, Mr. Freeze. Eight, the Court of Owls. Seven. Zatanna, six, Jason Todd, Red Hood, five, Deathstroke, four, Brainiac, three, Lobo, two, Martian Manhunter, and number one, the booty man himself, Dick Grayson <laughs> Nightwing, to which I'm just going, I'll just ask this calmly and nicely one time, James Gunn, then I'll leave you alone. Which five? Which five are you talking about? It better be you're casting five Nightwings in this universe and no one else. We have, we just casted five Dick Graysons from different universes. We're making up for lost time here. We're going to have one in a disco Nightwing suit. We're going to have one in the new 52 suit. We're going to have one leading the Teen Titans. No, let's be sensible here. We're just going to have one Nightwing that shows up in every movie going forward until the end of the DC universe. Um, I also think it's Nightwing, one, because it's me and I have to I have to think that. But two, I couldn't find it in my research now that I was, you know, looking for it. But someone else put up a separate poll with eight characters and James Gunn responded to that and said, 
how about we use four of the eight? And the only character that had any crossover from the list that I just mentioned was Nightwing. So I'm going, so the crossover potential is pretty strong here. Yeah. Um, But just taking the greatest comic book character of all time, not named Spider-Man, off this consideration, because I think that's a pretty safe bet. I think if we're if he is just serious for now about five out of these ten people will be showing up in the DC soon. I think it's gotta be Dick Grayson, Lobo, Brainiac, Deathstroke, and Jason. Here's why. I think Jason and Dick Grayson will both yeah, show up they're... in Brave and the Bold. Yep. I can see Deathstroke showing up in Brave and the Bold because Damien, Batman, and the rest of the Bat family especially if we're going with that storyline of introducing Damien, Deathstroke has definitely played a part in that quite often. Just, just a little bit. Just just, just <laughs> once or twice. Um, I think Brainiac is a no-brainer that could potentially... Eh. No, he's an all-brainer. Um, eh. he, he seems like a shoo-in to me to be in the Supergirl movie or at least have some form of a connection to either Superman Legacy mm-hmm. or the upcoming Supergirl movie. That just makes sense. And the other one... The worst kept secret in DC right now, Jason Momoa potentially leaving the role of Aquaman and moving on to becoming Lobo instead. I actually think that's the main reason why Lobo got as many votes as he did in this poll here. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think the rest of these, I think, are on the table at some point. Uh, Martian Manhunter makes sense, but given that we just saw him fairly recently in Zack Snyder's Justice League, I don't know if he would be a frontrunner. Zatanna and John Constantine, I give about the same amount of odds here. I think both of them could potentially yeah. show up in that Swamp Thing movie. That's um, Yeah, I was going to say Constantine and Swamp Thing. Uh, I actually think the least likely of these are Mr. Freeze and the Court of Owls. And the only reason I say they're the least likely is any like Batman enemy, I think, might still be on the table for Matt Reeves' universe. So like Mr. Freeze. Agreed. Matt Reeves Agreed. has said so many times that he loves the character Mr. Freeze and would be open to using the character at some point in his movies. Uh, And Josh and I have been banging the drum that Court of Owls should show up at some point in uh, the Matt Reeves Batman universe as well. So I think both Mm -hmm. of those could potentially be in a Batman movie, but I think they're better suited for the Reeves stuff for right now, depending on what he's doing. Uh, Who do you think James Gunn is referring to when he's talking about the five out of the 10? I mean, yeah, I think those are, that's the solid five. Uh, I, I, think nightwing and jason are a shoe in I, I i don't think that would be hard to i don't think we're stretching they were very far on that one um what will be interesting is if lobo is not i can't see lobo showing up in the first phase i just can't i, I he's he's a he's a decent character but i don't see it being like the stories that he's going to be telling being stories that would include Lobo. I, I don't, we'll see. I, I'm not hundred percent sure because we are kind of all over the place right now when it comes to um, the DCE DCU for the better, in my opinion. Um, I think the only reason Constantine is as low as it is, is there the, it's not very clear as if the, uh, the sequel with Keanu Reeves is, greenlit or not um i've seen like some people saying that the script is written and stuff like that but like it's never from a credible source so 
I don't know. Uh, I, it, we, sh- we we will see. But I, I think Nightwing easily is, and Nightwing and Deathstroke um, are just easy. I, I don't see that being that hard of a that far of a stretch for them to to show up in. Uh, yeah, in Brave and the Bold, and I, I'm almost like uh, not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure Brainiac. He's already said Brainiac is in the comic of one. Uh, was it Woman of Tomorrow? Something along um, those lines, yeah. Yeah, so I I feel like he's kind of technically already confirmed Brainiac is going to be a thing, but like, we'll, 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 we will absolutely see. Um, Brainiac just makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. Now the real question is, I mean this half-joking, half-serious to motivate myself, what comes out first? Nightwing appearing in The Brave and the Bold? Or me actually getting off my lazy butt and finally finishing Nightwing 2's script. I was making good progress, dang it, and then life happened. I'm determined that thing is coming out this year, though. Um, And then it could tie in synergistically with the release of Brave and the Bold at some point or some form of casting news. Yeah, I think think he's the front runner just because even right when he took over, he put that fan poll out of um, what... DC character do the fans want to see the most and Nightwing unfortunately came in second in that poll because not enough people are smart enough to vote for the right person uh thankfully though the person that did win the poll Booster Gold got a TV show so you know you took away a Nightwing show for me people because that's clearly the correlation that needs to be made here of whoever won that fan vote got the TV show clearly uh I also think that we need to look at these five people that he's talking about if it's if it's the five that we're suggesting i think he's picking those because you could spin them off into their own separate thing mm-hmm. either jason or dick could be with the titans dick i'd prefer if it was like the teen titans and he's the leader but jason's been with the titans too more with the outsiders but um i think that works destro could easily be his own movie that would be oh um can you imagine destro played by frank grillo from warrior just like let's go um yes brainiac could be his own thing i think these characters lend themselves to be spun off into their own separate stories to expand the universe more yeah i agree i think it just the the expandability is better there Uh, i would love to see a if we get titans and you know so here's the interesting thing is because of how involved deathstroke is with damien and his upbringing uh if they bring Damien into the Teen Titans, it almost feels like a go-ahead for having their first major villain be Deathstroke. Um, it's like it'd be like having the old old Teen Titans show again. I, I, Except like they can like actually that. use the name Deathstroke and not just Slade because yeah. it's a children's show. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to say the least. I I, I think. You and I are very much more positive in looking forward to this universe that he's building. Um, yeah, I just like seeing what James is doing, honestly. Lastly, for our news this week, uh, I'm just bringing attention to it because no one in the world seems to care about it but me, but I don't care. And that is, we know that we're getting an I Am Legend sequel with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith returning, and everyone's just going, um, the people that are making this movie, did they see I Am Legend to know what happened to Will Smith? He kind of goes boom, boom at the end of that. And I have always hated the ending to I Am Legend. Well, call it 
learning from their mistakes, but more than likely realizing, oh, we make more money when Will Smith's in our movie. Oh, wait, that was a few years ago, not nowadays. Um, we're going to find a way to bring him back from the dead. Oh, wait, there's an easy way to do that? So apparently what they're going to be doing for the I Am Legend sequel is they're going to be canonizing the alternate ending for I Am Legend, in which case he survives. Um, I like that because I always prefer the alternate ending. That being said, oh boy, this is going to be a tough sell for the general audience because a fraction of the people that watched I Am Legend even know that an alternate ending exists. So to sell this to general audiences is going to be a tall task, I think. Well, also, I I can't remember if we talked about it last when we first talked about this news topic, but I Am Legend, I don't think, is a brand as much as they think it is. Like, it was a, uh, oh yeah, that was a pretty decent movie in 2007. Oh yeah, look, there's that Batman versus Superman Easter egg. That's interesting in the background there. I don't think I Am Legend has the legacy that they think it does of like, there's other Will Smith movies that do have a legacy. People still watch Independence Day. People still watch Hitch to this day. I think this is closer to a Hancock situation of like the people that watched it and liked it, remember it fondly. And then everyone else is just like, oh yeah, isn't that one on TNT all the time? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, which, dude, if you want to give, you know, uh, if you want to give Will Smith something to do, give us a Hancock se- uh, uh, sequel. Absolutely. I'd be super down for that. Hand fist. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm kind of with you because the only reason I know about the alternative ending is because of you. And my uh, unbridled so, rage. Well, it's like, yeah, because... I don't know how to feel about this because yes, the alternative ending is better, but it's not like they've been showing it all these years with the alternative ending. They've been, they've kept in anytime they've showed it on TV or anything like that. They've always kept the original ending. So to be like, Hey man, did you, if you, if you ever had the DVD of, of I am legend and went into the behind the scenes and saw this, this alternative ending that we shot and then decided to scrap and went some blah, 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 blah. Then you would know that, uh, it's just, it's, it feels like it's the Aragorn kicking the helmet thing. Did you know? Yeah. It just, it just, it, but like much, much like bigger because the ending absolutely means everything. Like it, it, it's why like I am legend kind of falls on its face, at least for me. Um, it's a cool movie that ends with a, a, a interesting moment of self-sacrifice, but like in the end also doesn't matter. It just, it, that's why I guess the alternative alternative ending is, was made in the first place. But at the end of the day, it just feels really, really odd to be like, all right, cool. We did this thing over two decades ago. But yeah, it's like, it's, you're right. Since they've re-released it on like TV or Blu-ray or whatnot, they haven't changed the ending. It's not like, so one of Josh and I's favorite horror movies of all time, 1408, that notoriously has multiple endings. And it's very complicated because depending on where you stream it is what version you get. Like the DVD had a different version and then the theatrical, which has a different version than like some of the streaming versions that you can watch. This, the ending that you get in the movie is the ending. Like, 
you have to go out of your way to find the alternate ending. So for those that don't know what we're talking about, uh, just a quick refresher. I am legend, the theatrical version, the zombies that have been hunting, that Will Smith has been hunting the entire time, um, finally come get him because he's been holding one of their own. Um, and so there's a woman and her kid that uh, potentially could be the cure, <coughs> Ellie, um, that could save the universe. And so Will Smith sacrifices himself so that the woman and their kid could escape to uh, uh, an enclosure that ha actually has like surviving members. But in the original story and in the alternate ending, the zombies come because Will Smith took one of their own and was doing experiments on them. To them, he is the monster in the dark. He is the boogeyman. And he realizes that humans are not the dominant species anymore. They are the hunters. They are the, the monsters now. And the, uh, the mutated beings just want to be left alone. It's powerful. He gives them back the person he was experimenting on, realizing that he's the bad thing in the whole world, and he the world has left him behind, and we move on to the next stage of evolution, and he has to come to grips with that, that that's the world he now lives in. That's way more powerful than Smith go boom boom like career. I just don't... I would like to think that they're just like, oh yeah, we finally realized the error of our ways. No, it's we want Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith to be in a movie together, and Will Smith refuses to be in Independence Day. So, uh, I am legend, I guess. It just... I appreciate that they're going with this ending, but at the same time, you're gonna confuse people, except for those, like, diehard sweaties like me that yeah. don't really pay attention, I think. Yeah, it, it's definitely, like... <laughs> It's like if they went to make a sequel for uh, the sequel trilogy of Star Wars and was like, cool, cool, cool. So we're going to do another one. But in, in this version of our story, uh, Ben is not the one that dies. But, but like, it's like, okay, cool. But like, that's not what's, what the, the movie said. So like, what's your point? Like, it's, it just doesn't make sense. I am. It's cool. I think they are they might be underestimating uh the star power that is michael b jordan um but yeah you know studio's gonna make decisions so i guess go for it <laughs> so as per usual we have the uncharted media shop at t public go and support the show there go get your uncharted media mug t-shirt hoodies whatever you want with the uncharted media logos or tinfoil hat theory or other retro designs that we've got go support the show in that way and as always subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast or share us help us get to a thousand subscribers share us on youtube now let's get to probably one of the biggest decades for movie for josh now just because like we said at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. The 90s and the 2000s are very much more the, the childhood nostalgia. The 90s is what we were born into, so we remember watching them as kids. The 2000s was stuff that we actually could remember seeing in theaters and have more conscious memories of it, whereas the 2010s is much more of the coming into our own as film fans. A lot of these, I remember specific details about where and when I saw these. Um, mm -hmm. I'll just remember more vividly, but also just... As we've gone through this retrospective, I don't even think it's debatable. The 2010s, of the three decades that we've looked at so far, the 2010s is absolutely the strongest. I know some people are just oh, like, yeah. it's the era of 
the genre like superhero movie takeover it's um it's only dominated by blockbusters superheroes dominated everything i have one superhero movie that is it everything else yeah, i think the same i think there's a brilliant variety of things that came out in the 2010s it was a great decade for horror great decade for animation it was just a really good decade for film that honestly i see the 2020s having a hard time living up to granted two of those years were kind of caught in the darkness um well yeah and and there's also the the argument to be sa said that like um a lot of what we're we're talking about are movies that went to theaters and a lot of fantastic movies of the last two years just didn't go to theaters for obvious reasons um so it, it, that'll be tough if we so you know in, ten, in you know if we're still doing this in what's seven years yeah if we're still doing this in seven years and we do a retrospective we need to have a thousand subscribers by then i would hope so um but like if if we do a retrospective, obviously the criteria is going to change because the landscape will change quite a bit. But yeah, the 2010s, like this was definitely where I started having memories of like, okay, cool. So I saw this movie with this person at this time of the year. I I remember where I was when I saw it and stuff like that. It's it like, yeah, th this is where I start to, I think, really enjoy like going to the movies and go and seeing movies as well. Yeah, so we might have a few more anecdotes than usual. We'll, we'll try and keep them brief, but we'll have more stories to tell you guys as we're going through. So, kicking us off, the 2010s. And when we were making this list, um, 2010s, naturally, because it's the first year, was the first year of them looking at this going, oh no, this is going to be harder than I thought. Yeah. And again, <laughs> this is best movie, not favorite movies. But in our honorable mentions, we have a little bit of everything, best and favorite. Because, you know... There's going to be some that you're going to go, really? Going, yes, it's my list, for honorable mentions at least. But 2010, <laughs> you get movies like The Book of Eli, the remake of The Crazies, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, the Crazies was so good. The Crazies Easily one of my so underrated. One of my favorite zombie movies of all time. So good. And one of my favorite documentaries of all time in 2010, Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's a history of um, Disney's... Um, animation department but it's all b-roll that they themselves mm -hmm. shot it's so good i think it's on disney plus look it up guys it's so good um kick ass the karate kid remake which y'all can hate me the karate kid Dude. remake is one of the best remakes ever made so and actually good. adds much more emotional weight to the characters um the supremely underappreciated predators with adrian brody i love predators um uh, the movie the other guys the <laughs> town Ben Affleck's The Town. Dude, gosh, what a legendary... Yeah, such a legendary movie. Oh, my goodness. One of my favorite movie lines of all time. I can't tell you who or why, but we got to hurt some people. Whose Can car are we taking? <laughs> yeah. <I can't>. Whose <laughs> car are we taking? You can't, you can't ask me where we're going. You can't tell, ask me what we're doing. And afterwards, we can never talk about it ever again. We go into Duncan. We, <laughs> we go yeah, into yeah. Duncan. Gosh, it's so good. So good. But then... You get The Social Network, Red, which honestly is one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies. I love Red. It's good. It's a lot of fun. Megamind, the best, one of the best Disney animated movies within the past few years, not Frozen, Tangled. Tangled is a masterpiece, and I will not hear any slander about Tangled. 
I'm going to put my foot down here. Tangled is the best print Disney princess movie of all time. And I'm going to say that. I don't, I do not care. It is my, it, okay, I don't have enough. Fine. I don't have enough like gusto to debate you because no, I'm just no, like, no. Yeah. some people be like it's, Mulan, but then you get that whole argument of why is Mulan considered Disney princess? She's not, she marries a general who is no form of royalty, yeah, but yeah, even then she yeah. marries into it's, it's weird. Uh, and then lastly, okay, for my like, honorable Tangled mentions, Tangled is the best. Tangled's, oh, it's only gotten better with uh, age, like the 4K on Disney Plus. It looks so good. Uh, and then lastly, for my honorable mention, The Fighter. Very good movie. The Fighters. I'm excellent. surprised you didn't talk about uh, A-Team or Prince of Persia. I thought A-Team was 2011. Dude, it's it's happening again. It's happening again. I have it on. I had it logged. Oh, it is 2010. Yep. Scrap everything I said. A Team is the best movie of the year. It's the best movie of 2010. I'd love A Team so, so much. Good. Dude, yeah. Like, so, like, and there's some movies that are really, really good, um, but didn't hit everybody the same. Like, Shutter Island to yeah. me is a fantastic thriller. It, I do not, not like Shutter everybody. Island. Um, Legend of the Guardians, the, the Owls of Gahul. Awesome. One of my favorite movies growing up. Um, of course it was. And- Tucker Dale versus Evil. Like, what? It's 2010. <laughs> um, <laughs> Scratch banger. it. It's not a team. It's nothing else. It's Tucker <laughs> Dale versus Evil. Uh, I mean, we got, you know, the part one of Deathly Hollows. I, I personally really enjoy the first um, Despicable Me. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. It's not for everybody. Um, How to Turn Your Dragon like inception came out in 10, 2010 like oh on. yeah inception one of those movies that just like basically created its own verb basic yeah <laughs> like it's one so of those cool those just modern vernacular movies well i think we might end up having the same movie here then uh yeah yeah, yeah i think so too <laughs> which is honestly i'd be surprised <laughs> you want to say it together Eighteen. Three. <laughs> three, two, one. Toy, Toy Story, Story 3. three. Of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Because I mean, like for me, 2010, I, that was the year I graduated. So oh. like I went, I have this, like, there's a story here, obviously. I went and saw it with my mom in theaters. The first time I ever watched it was in the theaters with my mom for the first time. And it was like a week before I graduated. So like it was our final, like it was our say good saying goodbye to Andy, but also like my mom and I sharing a mode of like saying goodbye to like my teen my teen years as well. Uh which is cool. But um that's not why it's the best. It is genuinely uh I, I will say you know give some of the other movies on the in, in that year some credit. It is not because I think it there's not this is so hard because 2010, 2010 is so, so stinking stacked. Um, but Toy Story 3 hits all of the notes. And I think especially doing a, a you know, these decade retrospectives, I think it was a, it, it collects that fantastic, incredible mo- movie with great story, great animation, and fantastic emotional moments, but also is incredibly culturally relevant, has, it was a big big social event because so many of us grew up with that movie so it, i think it hits it on like almost every factor you could you could come up with from movies i have said many times on this podcast toy story was my first movie in theaters ever it it mm. started us on the path that we're on here so you can either thank or curse toy story for what you're listening to today um so we get to toy story 3 
And I remember first discovering about Toy Story 3 because they re-released Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 in theaters as a double header, which I thought was super, super cool. So I saw some of my high school friends, and at the beginning of that, they showed a trailer for Toy Story 3, and I'm just going, oh, no. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to ruin it. And then I come out of Toy Story 3, everyone in the theater is just bawling their eyes out mm-hmm. because it's so perfect and so well done. Uh Excluding one of the greatest film endings of all time, you get this great humor of uh, Mr. Potato Head as a tortilla shell. Um, yeah. Honestly, one of the greatest slash worst villains of all time with Lotso Huggin Bear, who smells like strawberries. Um, Oosh. Oh, he's just... And then that, all of the scenes with Barbie and Ken were are fantastic. Which I which didn't even crazy. realize that it was Michael Keaton until many years later. I'm just like, oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's just so beautiful it gets down to what you love about toy story um i was nervous about toy story 3 going into it but genuinely as i knew it was going to be one of the greatest movies ever made when it just opens on those clouds and then they go through the actual adventure that woody is pretending to play in the first one because i brought my attack dinosaur who eats force field dogs i'm going that's he said the thing. That's that's a, that's that's the guy. He he's got the the, the eye patch and Mr. Potato Head with the wanted sign. It's just it's a movie that we'll talk about later with um things coming to life that are inanimate objects. But seeing it through the perspective of a child's creativity, it was so beautifully done. And I bawled my eyes out. I always will at the end of Toy Story Three. The other time I've gotten close to crying just as much was. After Stan Lee died, someone went around with this meme that I'm going, you, you do not do this. That it showed um, Stan Lee giving all the Marvel characters over to Kevin Feige one by one. And then last but not least in the box is Spider-Man. And he just goes, you got to take real good care of him. He means the most to me. You got to treat him real special. I'm just going, don't you dare. (laughs) Don't you do this. And then then the next Spider-Man movie that came out after that with Tom Holland was no way home. And they finally like fix it. I'm going, wait, there was a plan to this. No, <laughs> no way. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. No, no, don't play. Uh, you know, I will say I'm really surprised in 2010 that your favorite movie wasn't Russell Crowe's Robin hood. That's it's just so, so interesting to me. Although <laughs> when I saw that on the list, it's like, you know, we might have to do the bizarro version of this, of just worst movie, <laughs> like worst, movies. worst movies of the 2010s, <laughs> worst movie of the 2000s, worst movies of the 90s. And then mm-hmm. I've also thought, I don't know how we would do this, but like next month is March, a March Madness tournament of movies somehow. I don't know how we could pull that Ooh. off, but if we did March Madness of worst, Russell Coast Robin Hood would be up there <laughs> just so I can bring back that legendary rant. Just it was cool. Yeah, just it was, because it was probably the most I've heard you yell about a movie. <laughs> Again, it's it's my version of the hallelujah, holy crap, where's the Tylenol for Christmas vacation of just <laughs> losing it and just having that one vein like an anime character just right above my temple. But you said 2010 was stacked. I'd make the case 2011 was even more stacked. 2011. Oh, yeah. Okay, 2011. Honestly, every year not called 2013 is absolutely stacked this year. And even that, 2013 yeah. is no slouch. But 2011. For our honorable mentions, again, these are movies that we like, not necessarily the best, but 
we always talk about the best for we say the best for last. Drive Angry in 2011. Drive Angry is yep. so good. Oh, yeah. Drive Angry is so much fun. It's so dumb. It's such a crap fest. I love it. <laughs> um, it's intentionally a crap fest, though, so it makes it good. Uh, yep, Drive yep. Angry. The Adjustment Bureau. Way too many of you slept on the Adjustment Bureau. It's great. I love the Adjustment Bureau. The first Insidious. The only good Insidious. Um, Scream 4. Maybe my favorite of the Scream movies, but you didn't hear that from me. Uh, <laughs> Thor. I will die on the hill that Thor is the most underrated Marvel movie. The first Thor is way better than you want to give it credit for. Um, Kung Fu Panda 2. The best of the Kung Fu Pandas. Gosh, dude. So good. X-Men First Class. Save the franchise until it, you know, killed itself again. Uh, Super 8, <laughs> Deathly Hallows Part 2, my favorite of the Harry Potter movies. The first Captain America, which actually I like more every time I watch it. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it at first, but the more I watch it, I actually really like it. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, dude. So oh. good. Um, the, 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 this, the, that new, like, trilogy of Planet of the Apes, I never thought when, um, but I think it was by the time the third one came out. I was like, these are some of my favorite movies. Like these mm -hmm. feel like events for us to go see. Like they are always consistently good and always consistently getting better. I mean, part of that I think is because Weta was coming in with some of the most incredible visual effects ever made doing groundbreaking work and stuff like that. But yeah, well, dude, I'm so genuinely off. mad that Andy circus never won or was nominated for best actor. Cause he definitely should have for the work. Oh, he put yeah. in as Caesar. Uh, you get rise of the planet of the apes. What I think might be one of Josh's, in consideration at least, Ryan Gosling's Drive. Oh, yeah. The Definitely one that he'll probably that. be surprised is my honorable mention, Warrior, because, you know, that needs its own jar for this. Warrior Interesting. was... Warrior was in the top three, I'll say that. Warrior, Real Steel, vastly underrated. And just because... I know Heather will be listening to this. The Footloose remake. Why not? She really likes the Footloose remake. And lastly, for 2011, my favorite of the Mission Impossible movies, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, a.k.a. the one where he's on the side of a tall building. Well, it's, isn't Ghost Protocol is the one where it starts the new, the most recent trilogy of ones of like where it, like the quality went vastly up. Yes. Four um, is where it really fantastic. kicks up a new gear. Yeah, Ghost Protocol is the one where I started actually enjoying Mr. Impossible movies. Four um, was my first one in theaters. Yeah. Because so, Brad Bird. Uh, shout out. There's a few, like, for me that I think we should talk about just because I, they are good. I, they just don't, I think, get the recognition they deserve. Um, It's a small movie, movie called In Time by Justin, with Justin Timberlake. I personally enjoyed it mainly because I like the concept premise, a lot. Great premise. I think yeah. wasted opportunity, though. I agree. Uh a movie that is vastly underrated and has no right being as fun as it is, but Cowboy versus Aliens, stupid fun. Yeah, don't you can roll your eyes on me. All I you want. actively hate this movie. It's I so much. Fun. So despise Cowboys versus Aliens <laughs> so much. John Favreau um, has done so much better <laughs> since then. <laughs> um, Cabin in the Woods, fantastic, legendary what? movie. Cabin in the Woods is. I in think that is a 2012 release. Dog, what is happening? Well, this happens to us all the time. No, because, like, I know for I'm a fact there's a movie that came out in 2019 slash 2020 that I'm like, which one do you count for? Cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cabin in the Woods. It says 2011, but I could have sworn it was 2012. <laughs> Dog, I, I've never Released been Released April right. 13th, 2012. What in the world? And why is it getting 2011? That's so weird. All right, keep talking about right, it. I'll anyway, look into so this. 
um the movie that i did want to bring up just as it kind of like passing by <laughs> the film premiered uh, in december 2011 at but film festival in austin texas and was released okay, in the cool. United so, States okay. on April 13th, 2012. That's so wild. That but like, I kind of want to yeah. go. <laughs> um, but there was a movie that uh, I remembered seeing in th- that year that um, it's like a solid six or seven out of ten. Uh, but do you remember I am number four? Yes. Dude, okay. I thought that I thought it was great. Okay, I thought it was a great time because you know me. I love my sci-fi and my my fantasy and my adventure kind of films. Um, so I that, but I I have very fond memories of that movie for some reason. Um, so I I went and got the first book on in in my wish list or whatever. Uh, but also yeah, like Drive is not on my number one, but it's very very close uh for a lot of us it was actually for the world i think it was one of the first times we ever saw ryan gosling do anything that wasn't romantic comedy and by gosh does he knock it out of the park it is so cool um i think i know which one's your favorite but i'm Probably. not 100 percent sure uh runner up for me is uh, a- a- extremely loud and incredibly close Never seen it. Fantastic movie. You never seen Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close? I wasn't the only Stop. one. No one saw this movie in theaters. No, but like it's, uh, it's so good. It's so 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 good. But yeah. Anyway, all right. What's your number one? I'm curious now. Moneyball. It was so. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's a shoe in. Yeah. <laughs> Not that. I don't. Know. It wasn't a shoe in because it was either Moneyball, Warrior. Or, um, yeah, I think it was just the, it was probably that two horse race, but just, yeah. I like them both for different reasons. I think, um, Moneyball is just, granted, yes, it's one of my favorite movies, but I think it's also just one of the best made movies of all time. The cinematography is so distinctly Moneyball. It's so hard to describe it. It's got this very specific style to it. It's a subdued style, but it works so well. The score mm-hmm. uh, by This May Destroy You is just outstanding. The best performances from Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Um, there's still lines from that that I quote still to this day of, there are rich teams, then there's poor teams, then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. Um, <laughs> or like... My family and I will still say, but does he get on base when talking about literally any athlete nowadays? Um, it's just so well done. Um, what's it? The running joke from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Have you ever heard of money? A movie called Moneyball. A baseball team wins because of statistical analysis. It's my favorite movie. And like, it's just <laughs> look at the numbers. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It really is, though. They make numbers interesting. The performances are excellent. It's not. I love that for a sports movie, there's next to none, no actual sporting happening. It's all the mundane, boring crap that we do day to day that makes the difference on the field. I love that the big quote unquote training montage that you see in every cliched sports movie is them sitting in a dark, dank room looking at old tape and video and literally game planning as opposed to working out of just going that that is actual game planning as opposed to the big sexy montage like rocky style I'm like that is life more than rocky is life although balboa is life moneyball is just so expertly done you get 
so many characters in this that still somehow get their own arcs. You get Billy Bean has his own arc. Jonah Hill's character has his own arc. Chris Pratt, David Justice's character, they both, even though they're supporting characters, they have fully resolved arcs. The manager, everyone somehow gets an arc. It's just, although Bobby Kotick is in it, and I don't understand it. The guy that runs <laughs> EA, I've always thought that was such a weird cameo, but whatever. Moneyball is just, oh, chef's kiss. It's, love it so much. Not just as a baseball fan. I don't think you have to be a baseball fan to enjoy it. It's just so well made. Well, I mean, it's a good thing then that I went with Warrior then. <laughs> there we go. Warrior. Yeah, Warrior is my favorite fa favorite movie of that year. Um, incredible story of two two brothers who end up fighting, uh, literally fighting each other in an MMA match. Um, one of the hardest I've cried in a while in a movie. Uh, it's good tears grown, though. Grown, grown, grown men tears. Uh, good tears so, though. The, good the, tears. Like some of the best lines too. Like dog. Like you know, if you don't win. You don't have a home. Like, oh, come on. Like, Tommy, just give up. Just tap Tommy. Oh, snap. And he's, oh, it's so. And his shoulder is visibly out of socket. Oh, it, it is the the sole reason I was excited when they cast Tom Hardy as Bane. I was like, yes, if this yeah. is the Tom Hardy we get. And then we didn't. But that's not the point. Yeah, that look. Um, I was hoping for when he knocks that one guy out, the look in his eye, I'm going, that is Bane, and we did not get that. We got um No. A different Bane. Um Chunky Campbell Soup Bane. I yeah, anyway, don't get me started on rises. Uh <laughs> but uh you'll notice it's nowhere on my list at all that so uh anyway, uh yeah, Warrior is fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, it, what are you doing with your life? Well, especially like after listening to us, like we literally shoehorn Warrior into almost any discussion. Best so. animated movies of all time. Warrior. Warrior. People have animated <laughs> expressions. Animated? They have animated yeah. expressions. They very yes, very uh, well Tommy doesn't. Stop the <laughs> ship. Oh, dude. Someone um I just started a new job. So, you know, you start building relationships with new co workers and stuff like that, friendships and stuff. And somebody brought up Warrior. And, like, in the middle of my shift, I'm like trying not to cry because he brings up that scene. I was like, stop. No, 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 no. Did we so just become best emotions? friends? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. So we move on from 2011 to another absolutely stacked year in Woo! 2012. Uh, which is also important in film history because, you know, it's the year the two idiots got together for the first time and watched Fight Club. Yay! Which did it's not come out in 2012. <laughs> which, is, which, oddly enough, like, after that semester, I never really talked to Luke again. Like, I'd say hi. He and I were still on good terms. We just never really talked. But he was an important catalyst. But 2012 absolutely stacked year you get movies like liam neeson's the gray chronicle before josh trank went off the rails one of the more underrated horror movies out there the woman in black was is always Dude. one of my go-tos when people say oh. whenever i see dana radcliffe i just see harry potter i'm like i get that but the woman in black was the first movie where i didn't see him as harry potter and i saw him as an actor and still to this day he's one of my favorite actors and he picked such varied projects i I love The Woman in Black. I also, spoiler alert, I love that it ends how it ends. Uh, yeah. It's not your stereotypical horror ending. I'm like, you had the balls to do that. Good for you. 
Uh, and, and I love that you don't realize what the ending is until it's over. And mm-hmm. You're like, oh, oh, it's so good. Such a good movie. Genuinely, genuinely terrifying, too. And then you get 21 Jump Street, The mm. Cabin in the Woods in 2012, Apparently. which, I mean, <laughs> because it's a movie podcast, we have to bring this up. Chris Hemsworth was actually cast before Thor came out, but this movie sat on the shelf for so long, and it was due to the success of Thor that they're like, oh, we have a star from that movie. Now you can release it in theaters. Um, some small budget uh, comic book movie called The Avengers came out in 2012, yeah, yeah. which, okay. I still love the first Avengers a lot, but looking at like filmmaking perspective, why does the movie look like a telenovela soap opera? Still to this day, it, it, do- it does not it look cinematic <laughs> at all. It looks, no, it, doesn't. I, it looks bizarre to me and I don't get it. Uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yes, I am a man of sophistication every once in a while. Uh, followed very closely behind by the amazing spider-man because <laughs> back to reality oh there goes gravity as no i talk gravity. about dark knight rises as my honorable mention just because when i was in college i had this thing called no friends or car so i hated the weekends but i would walk to the mall which josh knows the mall wasn't really walking distance from no. from our college but i'd walk there and i saw dark knight rises like five or six times in theaters because at the time I really, really liked it that much. And I was really getting into movies. I still don't think it's that bad, but it's also not as good as I would remember it. Um, one of the best action sequels of all time came out in 2012, the expendables two with the sole reason why it's one of the best Chuck Norris is in it and tells Chuck Norris jokes. But in reality, one of the best action movies period came out in 2012 called dread and it's a shame that Carl Urban still has not been cast as Batman yet. Um, one of the few chick flicks I actually like. Pitch Perfect. Like the first Pitch Perfect. One of Josh and I's favorite comedies that should not be nearly as good as it is, at least to us. Kevin James and Here Comes the Boom. Let's uh, go. Sinister. You know, a pleasant experience for all involved that it watch was. this. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, except for, you know, some people's shoulders. Um, Wreck-It Ralph, still one of my favorite, like, actually just traditional Disney animated movies of all time with a twist that I actually did not see coming. And Skyfall, my first James Bond movie I ever saw in theaters, and I love Skyfall still to this day. Hmm. Interesting. It's fun because, like, we have generally the same, like, list-ish, but, like, I know that you always leave the best movie out. Yep. Uh, so now I'm like, mm, okay, yeah. I'm yeah, sophisticated like Skyfall, in the 2010s. Yeah, apparently. Uh, uh, the yeah, But like some of my f- favorite movies, like John Carter comes out that year, um, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, <sighs> Guilty Pleasure. I love Ted. I think Ted is hilarious for some stupid reason. Um, Hunger Games comes out in that, that year. Uh I enjoy the series. It's not terrible. Um, Jennifer, one some of Jennifer Lawrence's, I you know back I, I when she tried, because she still tries. But like, so good, incredible. Uh, one of my guilty pleasure movies that was way more fun than it than it needs to be. Uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, fan so I forgot like that was a thing. That's been so out of sight, so, out of mind for me. Dude, have you ever seen it? Uh, bits and pieces of it, I think. Dude, watch it. It is stupid fun. It is not, it does, it should not be, uh, it shouldn't be as fun as it is. Uh, Django Unchained, um, Place Between the Pines. Uh, one of my favorite, 
I guess it's a Christmas movie technically. Uh, uh, Rise of the Guardians um, came out that year as well. It's animated movie, fantastic about you know how Jack Frost becomes to be whatever. He's super cool. Um, but then also like the cultural event that was Les uh, Misérables. I can never pronounce it right. You want to try that one again? Pronounce- no, let let Les. Let, let's just call it whatever Le says. Hey, yeah, it's Lemiz. It's Lemiz, guys. Wait, <laughs> you, you say Lemiz? Lemiz? No, he's on. He's on Monday Night Raw. I hate you. I hate you so much. Go away. <laughs> but then also, like two of like my top favorite movies, like top ten, like Perks of Being a Wallflower and Silver, Silver Linings Playbook came out that year. Just like so many great movies. Um. I am very curious. I don't think you'll be surprised when I tell you what my my number one is. Is it like, Amazing Spider Man? I'm uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Duh! Really? <laughs> I love that movie. Are you kidding me? I mean, I it's great, but I just was not expecting that, dude. I mean, out of the ones here, like, and this year was tough. Obviously, there's a lot of bangers. Like Wreck It Ralph is. It's Wreck It Ralph is so I'm good. bad. And that's good. That's good. I'll never be good, and that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. Because at God. least I'm me, and I'm going, oh. So, oof, oof. Good night. So good. Uh, you know, Woman in Black is easily one of the most underrated, um, top, not top, Jesus, uh, Daniel Radcliffe's movies. Um, but, like, yeah, 21 Jump Street hits it in every, out of the park. It, way to take a older show that was not necessarily funny, Turn it into a comedy, but still respect the source material in a way that even Johnny Depp was like, yeah, I want to be a part, but not really a part. So long as you part. kill me off, it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, oh, shit, that Johnny Depp thing, was, the reveal was so good. It, I popped so hard. I, I, I watched reruns of 21 Jump Street as a kid. And so like, when he showed up, I was like, yo, that's wild. And then immediately <laughs> got shot in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you will not see this coming. Ben Affleck's Argo. Really? Okay. I love yeah, you are, Argo. You're all cultural. I am. I am a man of sophistication. Sometimes <laughs> when I want to, as I will, as you know, that'll get thrown out the window of some of my movies later. Um, ben Affleck is such a good director. Like the town is great. He really is. But I think Argo is. He won Best Picture for it despite not getting nominated for best director, which I think is the most funny thing in the world of like, wait, mm-hmm. did someone get their wires crossed here? But someone once described Argo to me, and I completely agree of Argo is the most tense thriller where not a single gun is fired. And I'm going, yeah, that's, it's so edge of your seat, nerve wracking, but it's so well done. Uh, it's just masterfully acted cinematography is brilliant all the performances it's such a loaded cast for um such bit parts that you forget like brian cranston's in that um yeah ben affleck is excellent in it i love the line john goodman gives of just like so you want to walk around hollywood pretending you're doing something important when really in reality you're just doing nothing yeah He'll fit right in. Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so good. And also why they go with the name Argo is just Argo F yourself. I'm like, oh, genius. I It fits that niche for me of like a really well done thriller mixed with movies about movies and meeting somewhere in the middle. I oh, just Argo is my jam. And I really hope the rumors that Ben Affleck might be directing Brave and the Bold are true because I think that would be legitness. 
Uh, ben Affleck's just a great director. I think he's a better director than he is actor, and he's a phenomenal actor. Well, and he like him and and he's a great writer too. I yes. mean, him and Matt Damon with uh, Good Will Hunting wrote that movie when they were like what in their early twenties. Like, gosh, that's so incredible. So yeah, I, uh, full respect to the man. Absolutely. Twenty thirteen. Here we go. Uh, and here's where we start getting into Sheesh. like the bangers that is the horror genre in the 2010s. Because yeah. you get honestly one of my favorite remakes ever, The Evil Dead. I <laughs> for the most part, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman in 42. Not my favorite sports movie, but it's 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 good. Uh, my favorite Star Trek movie of all time. I welcome yeah. your booze, Trekkie. Star yeah. Trek Into Darkness is so much fun, and I love Benedict Cumberbatch's con. Bring it on. <laughs> you can't boo me. I've seen what makes you cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> Man of Steel, half a great movie, and then it's paced weird. That's why I say it's half a great movie. Uh, and also doesn't know what saturation is. Um, Pacific Rim, which absolutely knows what saturation is and nothing else. It's like he actually, died. Absolutely knows what it is. It went from 50% saturation in Man of Steel to 200% in Pacific Rim. It's still one of the prettiest movies I've ever seen. Uh, the Conjuring, Gravity. Like I said, it's not my boat to float, but Frozen. Saving Mr. Banks, a criminally underrated Disney movie that I'm still actually surprised that they show Walt Disney smoking in the movie and the apparent dealing with alcoholism. Wow. Um, and Secret Life of Walter Mitty, probably Josh's top pick of the year. It is not my top pick Ooh. of the year. But that's because also, like, I've tried to... 2013 is hard for me, right? Because like the rock. the 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 cultural phenomenon that was captain phillips that made everybody and their oh, mom yeah. say like i'm look at me i'm the captain now whether you've seen the movie or not everybody says it now um i mean the great gasp gatsby it is not for me but i it is a fantastic i had a bad experience with that movie so i, I kind of it's tainted that's, it for me that's fair but it's a fantastic representation of the the book. Um, World War Z came out that year, which is a criminally underrated zombie movie. Uh, one of the most wholesome zombie movies ever made with Warm Bodies came out that year. Starring my uh, doppelganger. Yeah, that dude. What a guy. Uh, Ender's Game, Elysium. Like, thir 2013 was, is I want to say, one of the most varied. Uh, I mean, Mama. I, I personally love Mama. I know it's not for everybody. It's not bad. Um, Olympus has fallen. Probably my favorite of the Despicable Me, Me series, Despicable Me Two. Uh, so good. Speaking of uh, Daniel Radcliffe doing varied stuff, Horns came out in 2013. Still haven't Easy. seen Horns. Oh, oh it is. So, I think you'd like it. it. I mean, it's based on a book that is. It's very interesting. Um, you really should watch. It's got like some Guns Akimbo vibe to it, almost where it's like. Daniel Red Radcliffe being unhinged is all get out, but like the story is also unhinged, but interesting as well. It's super good. Um, but yeah, it's this was a really hard gear for me because there's so many movies that I have like a deep love and appreciation for and that are also great movies. Um, so my number one, I'll just go into it, is definitely one I think that is a great movie. It is culturally like 
so impactful and it is extremely and personally impactful for me. I'm not saying it's, you know, any better than some of the movies that came out that year, this, that year, but uh cloudy with the chance of meatballs too, is literally one of the funniest movies ever made. So you can roll your eyes at me. I am but like, <laughs> I like, you're just putting I it for the leak in the boat joke alone. No. Okay. Yeah. But also the butter frogs and, <laughs> and the blueberry jokes, the cheeseburger spider, it is such a funny movie to me, and it, it shaped my uh, my humor. I understand we're doing best movies, but like when we're talking about a year where like Secret Life of Walter, Walter Mitty, Star Trek Into Darkness, The Conjuring, like when all of those are in the same year, it is so hard for me to pick. So I just went with whatever I want on that year. <laughs> like the year before, I'm going to be a sophisticated man here, proving that every once in a while, I do actually have refined taste. The point of after seeing this movie, I needed to watch puppy videos for like a couple hours because I'm talking about Denny Villeneuve's Prisoners starring oh, Hugh Jackman yeah. and Jake Gyllenhaal. This okay, movie. So I, I haven't seen that movie yet. So I, that's the only reason I didn't bring it up. It is a I will watch this every five to six years. If that it is. One of the best movie, like best made movies, but it is not an easy or comfortable watch at all. You get powerhouse performances by like Hugh Jackman and Jake Hall, like I said, but Paul Dano is outstanding. Uh, Terrence Howard is in it. Uh, it's it is an uncomfortable watch. It's one of those like serious and somber movies I've seen in a while of just uncomfortable brutality and like how far will a parent go to get the child back, even to the point of. You know what you're doing isn't right anymore, but you lose yourself so much into it. Uh, and also, for many years after, I was convinced that we needed Hugh Jackman as Joel from The Last of Us because of this performance alone. Um, and I've always I liked... Hate that. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have hated that at all. And I've always liked Jake Gyllenhaal, like you mentioned earlier, Prince of Persia. But I think Prisoners was when I first really sat up and noticed uh, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal as an actor going... Wow, he's doing some serious stuff. And we'll talk about another movie later here that isn't my top movie, but Digital Hell had a couple really standout performances in the 2010s. The cinematography. I think Prisoners was one of the first times that I actively noticed cinematography yeah. in a good way of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is so uncomfortably still. Like Roger Deakins, who did Shawshank Redemption and Skyfall, it's it's outstanding i can't remember if he won for this or not but he has won multiple awards for cinematography it's everything about prisoners is so well done it's ending being as ambiguous as it is you kind of interpret it how you choose to which is kind of a staple of denny villeneuve at times um it's yep. just mm, it's so good it's not my favorite but it's the best made movie of 2013 2014 banger after banger after God, banger dude. 2014 was both the hardest and the easiest year for me you get movies like the grand budapest hotel which is still my favorite wes anderson movie uh captain america the winter soldier up until recently was still my favorite mcu movie i love winter soldier single-handedly turned my opinion around on the captain america character one of my favorite horror movies ever oculus so good you never look at an yeah, apple the same way again uh godzilla the movie's okay the human characters suck balls uh the best x-men movie of all time days of future past i say mm -hmm. that as a technicality we'll, we'll go into that more later uh edge of tomorrow or as josh likes to call it live die repeat 
Uh, okay, but you can't blame me for calling that. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, the marketing on Edge of Tomorrow will go down in the history books. It's the worst marketing campaign in the history of film. Um, 22 Jump Street. I actually like 22 more than 21. Oh, oh absolutely. Just for the Same. one joke about, you did it with Captain's daughter. Daughter. <laughs> As the microwave ding sound goes off in his head, it's just chef's kiss. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Snowpiercer, my favorite of the Purge movies, The Purge Anarchy, really like mm-hmm. Purge Anarchy, Guardians. your boy Frank Grillo was oh. in it. <laughs> Frank Grillo, but also they actually utilize a city mm-hmm. for the first time as opposed to just yeah, one yeah, yeah, small yeah. location. It's actually chaos guardians of the galaxy. Heck yes. Gosh, that first one is so good. It's so good. The equalizer, which I, I very much enjoy as an action franchise, uh, gone girl, whiplash fury, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie that I was referencing earlier, Nightcrawler. 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 Gosh, so Nightcrawler good. Is so good. John Jeez, wick, me, John wick. The first one at big hero six. Oh, it's such a good year. Okay. I almost went with okay. Gone Girl, Whiplash, or Fury, or Nightcrawler. Any one of those could have gotten the top spot. Yeah, it, it was. It's very tough for me. Yeah, because like, uh, like X. I personally really, really enjoy Ex Machina. I thought it was a that's very interesting 2015. Movie. No, it's not. I swear. We do. Do we keep doing this? I, I like. I, IMDb says it's. It came out in 2014. Release date April 24th, 2015. I, whatever. I hate myself. This is so whatever. bizarre. It's so weird. Okay. Uh, but the first Kingsman movie came out in, in 2014. I know that. No, it didn't. Right. What in the world? What is where what is with this this information? I'm getting false information. Kingsman. Okay, what about as as above, so below? I don't have that in my thing. So oh maybe it was maybe, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Yeah. February 12, 2015 for Secret Service Kingsman. <sighs> whatever all right this is weird uh, man i don't like it i don't like it either it, it's very possible that it could have been like the the film festival scenario mm, all over again probably um but like chef one of my favorite um john favreau movie comes out don't no 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 it came out in 2014 doesn't it no 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 don't do this to me no, yeah no, it is no, 2014 no, no. i was just trying to remember oh, it is God. 2014 though <laughs> I was just like starting like looking at my list like there was a huge stack of movies everything that... came out in 2015 yeah, yeah, yeah. but nothing. Else. Um, gosh, yeah, but like Whiplash, Nightcrawler, John Wick, Guardians of the Galaxy, 22 Jump Street, all so, of those okay. are incredible. Quick side tangent: I I did a quick Google on Chef, um, just to make to verify the date. The first thing is people also ask what it means to be a chef? Question mark. Anyway, I hate Google. Um, what mean to be anyway, chef? Hate that. Uh, but like, oh, one of your first movies to ever watch with. He- well, maybe not. But I know it was like you and Heather have a special attachment to Lego movie, don't you? It was the first movie we saw in theaters. Yes. Not the first movie yes. we watched together. The first movie we watched together, yeah, I yeah, believe, yeah. was Better Off Dead. Yes. No, no. Uh, that's why I no. watched that. I should know this. And I do know this. The first movie Heather and I watched together was either Man of Steel or Pacific Rim. I believe it was Pacific Rim, actually, because I think we were watching that all in the lobby as everyone together because you got to watch that on a big TV. Yes, you do. Um, But yeah, like banger after banger after banger. Dawn, I think, is one of my favorites of the series. Dawn of the Planet of the the Apes. Fantastic movie. Um, Yeah, 
banger after banger uh what is your number one for the year? I'm curious. You already mentioned it. I tried to put my bias aside, but it's got to be Lego Movie. Just because yeah, that's not fair. only was it the first movie Heather and I saw in theaters, but it was one of the best experiences I've had repeatedly in a movie theater of like, I honestly did not want to see the movie when it came out. I thought the trailers looked dumb. I just thought it was like, ah. Oh, product placement the movie so i had no interest in seeing it so we see it and it was wonderful and incredible and so i saw it friday night i saw it saturday because i went back to the dorm and i immediately told everyone y'all gotta see lego movie you gotta see lego movies gotta see lego movie so we saw it saturday and as soon as the credits start rolling and they start singing everything is awesome i forget if it was cody or somebody else that was sitting with us just goes so we're seeing this next weekend, right? And we kept seeing it every single weekend. I think I saw it like four or five times. And every single time I'd come back and people were like, are you serious? And I was I was so serious about like, okay, if you don't believe me and you still don't like the movie after we see it, I will reimburse you for your movie ticket because I, I have that much faith in it. And so they'd be like, yeah. what if you're that confident... We get to the opening scene with Vitruvius and Lord Business and everyone's just rolling on the floor laughing. I'm just going, I told you, it's just wonderful. Um, and Taco Tuesday, just do as we say or you'll be put to sleep. What? Did he say be put to sleep? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah. Just, it works because it's just a funny kids comedy. But at the same time. It broke my heart in half when you get to the adult stuff with Will Ferrell. I never thought I'd actually have an emotional reaction to any Will Ferrell stuff. But yeah. the fact of just like Legos are supposed to be for creative expression, not just this one sole purpose that you've put it, you've <laughs> boxed it into. Um, but the whole monologue that Emmett gives of like, you are the single most powerful, most special person in the universe. And you are capable of amazing things. And I'm just going... I need to buy a double-decker couch because of this, but also I'm feeling all the things in this movie. But, like, that's a great message, but there's subtle, like, social economic commentary throughout yeah. of just, like, yep. uh, honey, where's my pants? I'm just like, yeah, people will watch stupid crap, and they just openly acknowledge it's so well done. The visuals are unparalleled. I think there's people out there that still think it was actually stop-motion. I'm just going to... Mm -hmm. You can't stop motion. I think it's beautiful. I think this it's so incredibly well written. It's it's the best movie of 2014. And I was stiff competition, but it, it's the Lego movie. Yeah, no, I feel that. Uh like I, I've always like loved the Legos and the Lego movie itself is fantastic. Like I grew up doing stop motion Lego videos like way back in the day. Uh so yeah absolutely completely understand like very stiff comfort competition i remember everyone making fun of john wick and be like oh yeah don't kill his dog <laughs> but like it's a good movie so uh it, like it's kind of hard to make fun of it too much um this will be the only marvel movie on the entire list today but captain america winter soldier mm. wins the year for me um i think nightcrawl is fantastic but it is not perfect it, it I, I think it's hard it a lot like prisoners um it's not a movie i can watch a lot i think uh it's 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 definitely a one or two time and you're good uh whiplash is very quotable incredible film very tense i can still see you mini me 
Yeah, you do. What are you looking down? There's not a Mars, Mars bar, bar down, down there. there. Oh, so good. Uh, just, it was the like that was like if you weren't afraid of of J uh, of uh, J.K. Sim- Simmons from the Spider-Man movies, he was terrifying in Whiplash. Uh, the Mars bar line isn't what gets me. It's um, were you rushing or were you dragging? Rushing. Then get out. Oh, was he actually rushing? No, it was Nieman. But the fact that he couldn't tell means he didn't belong here. I'm going. Yeah, uh, yeah. You yelled uh, at a kid who did nothing wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was because he's he was out of tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude. And like, <laughs> Big Hero Six is fantastic. It, yeah, there's so many great movies, but I I think the Winter Soldier for me was the moment. Well, like. Avengers was fine, but for me, I think the Winter Soldier was the moment that I was like, oh, okay. Marvel movies can be super cool and be really interesting and be compelling and have incredibly emotional storytelling. I mean, Guardians has that in spades as well, um, but I think (sighs) I almost went with Guardians, but I think Winter Soldier is the better movie. Now, 2015 is lighter than previous years but it's still a stacked lineup <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> 2015 is the year of the blockbuster remake more or less like there's a lot of big tent poles for 2015 but not my top movie actually uh 2015 josh will be surprised that this is my top movie though paddington because no get pa- out of here paddington <laughs> is so good not not just the nicholas cage memes but it's it's genuinely great uh kingsman came out in 2015 uh, <laughs> it follows one of the few horror movies that's av- ever actually kept me up at night it follows is so good uh ex machina came out in 2015 so a movie that i know for a fact came out in 2015 that i'm if i had to put a wager on it this is probably going to be josh's top movie of the year mad max fury road um Jurassic World came out, and it's still not as bad as people make it out to be. The first Jurassic World. Yeah, was... no, Jurassic World was great. I actually I see a I lot of like hate it. on Jurassic World. I really like the first Jurassic World. Yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation introduced the franchise Super. to Rebecca Ferguson, and she's been a great addition ever since. Uh, underrated movie: The Gift, directed by one of our favorites, Joel Edgerton. Uh, mm. One of the few Shyamalan movies that I genuinely love: The Visit. I really like mm. The Visit. Uh, Steve Jobs, the Michael Fassbender one, not the Ashton Kutcher one. Steve Jobs, written, uh, directed by Danny Boyle. That one's really good. Um, not the top movie, though. The Peanuts movie. Love the Peanuts. Somehow they translated the animation style incredibly well. Creed, not top movie. And also, fantastic. not top movie, Star Wars The Force Awakens. That's That, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of really, really good stuff like Inside Out, A Crimson Peak. Um, those are fantastic as well. Uh, I, I, I'm just like so doubting myself now. I'm like the Vivich. That was 2016. Come on, what's going on? Uh, oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, but like The Martian, right? Right. That is a great right? movie. I, I fantastic. Mean- I'm pretty sure that's 2015. I, I Martian so is, the Martian is 2015. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Revenant came out in 2015. Um, oh God. I, dude, that is absolutely a movie that you can only watch once, only because it is, it is a rough experience in the best possible way. Um, 
so cool. Uh, the only reason I just kind of grown at the Revenant is yeah. just because in college, like all the film people were just like, "Oh man, the Revenant, the Revenant, the Revenant," and I'm just like, "Yeah, I get it. I, they I shot it with that. natural outside light. Cool." I'm just like, and that, that's <laughs> that's why it uh, actually probably could could have used some more light. Um, it's a very dark movie, both in subject matter and in besides the bear <laughs> and in lighting. Yeah. Gosh, that bear! It I, to me, and that was always the thing that got me. What blew me away was that the bear was not real. Like that, to me, that was so wild. Uh, but I know one of the movies. The that bear you was wild to me. Huh, uh, you recommended to me for the longest time. It took me forever to watch it. Uh, what we do in the shadows is two thousand. That was twenty fifteen. I'm pretty okay. I have doubts on, on, on my entire list now, so I I don't know. I'm like a year behind on everything. Yeah, 2015. But again, gotcha. it says 2014 slash 2015. Oh, that's balls. So I might have to reevaluate. No, I'll keep my top movie. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, that's like one of your favorite movies. Of it all is time, one of my so. favorite movies, but it's not the uh, best movie yeah. of 2015. Um, the, the Man from Uncle came out that year as well, didn't it? Introducing us to. It to came like out that year. Yes, it did. <laughs> Dude, don't make fun of me. I, I have so many. I, uh, wh- I was thoroughly disappointed <laughs> with Man from Uncle. I, and that's fair. I think it is not Henry's fault that it's not a good movie. Henry okay. is doing a good job. Why is it that everyone in Man from Uncle has the wrong accents? Why is the British actor playing an American dude? Why is the American dude playing a Russian guy? And why is the actually Russian actor, the uh, Swedish actress, playing a completely separate nationality? I'm just like, everyone's doing everything else and no one can nail down the correct accent. I mean, it'll never be as bad as Sean Connery in Highland Highlander. <laughs> we just a know- Scottish man pretending to be a Spaniard. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I saw Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. Yeesh. Josh, Yeesh. Josh just likes uh, his cannibal movies. I did. <laughs> Uh, what's funny though is I was about to bring up the voices, which is a uh, not a well-known um, Ryan Reynolds movie. He plays a serial killer that hears the obviously the voices are. It's like a dark comedy. Um, cannot recommend it enough. It's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, number one for me is absolutely Mad Max Fury Road. It, it's <laughs> I knew it. Like it that that's and it's not even because it's like one of my favorites. I think it genuinely is one of the best movies of the year. Um, like yes, it's a you know a sequel, but like, gosh, dude, it's so interesting. To, it's such a pretty movie, such a, such a well acted movie. Special effects are incredible. The pacing's darn perfect. Uh, just yeah, to me, best movie of the year easily. Uh, you glossed over it really really quickly, but I always have to put the caveat in it because there's a whole story that goes behind this movie. Uh, one of our friends from college was going to see this movie in theaters, but didn't want to go by himself. So he asked me and I said, no, because one, it doesn't look very good. Two, the director has an incredibly spotty record. So I don't know if I'm going to like this movie. And three, I don't like survival movies for the sake of survival, like Castaway. Um, yeah. If, or Day yeah. After Tomorrow. If the whole point of the movie is just survive, it's not that interesting to me. So I skipped and av- actively avoided The Martian for a lot of years. Mm. I'm still sorry, Michael, to this day, because The Martian is the best movie of 2015 for me. Of I agree. That's pretty good. It's a pretty darn good movie. It's an, one of the most stacked casts I have ever mm-hmm. seen. 
if you have Childish Gambino as like the 15th most famous name in your cast, you've done something right because you get like yeah. Jeff Daniels, Meat Demon, uh, Jessica Chastain, Michael Pena, Sebastian Stan. Um, it's such a loaded cast. Uh, Wong is in it. Like, um, there's so, it's so good. Ridley Scott is so spotty nowadays, so I was just like, eh, it's not going to yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. I finally see him going, science is interesting, and Matt Damon is such a charismatic lead guy, and I'm like, okay, this is much better than Castaway or Day After Tomorrow. I'm actively interested in this story of like, okay, if I'm going to be here a while, how do I grow something on a planet with no water? Like, this is an actual interesting, like, all right. Let's science this. Mars will fear my botany powers. I just <laughs> really enjoy great cinematography. Great. One of the sharpest scripts out there of like mm -hmm. everyone, not necessarily witty like the MCU, but just everything is airtight from a script perspective. And I can really appreciate that. I, Martian is just, I really, really like it. I, whenever I watch it, I can actually flip either one of the either the theatrical one or the extended cut. I think both still work for me. It's not like a Lord of the Rings situation where I have to watch one of them. Um, yep. 2016. Loaded year. Holy yeah. crap. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. Deadpool. Underrated movie. Eddie the Eagle starring Taron Edgerton. I love that movie. I'm Ed so glad you brought it up. I was going to bring it up, but like I genuinely love Eddie the Eagle so much. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie the Eagle is just so pure hearted. Um, Hugh Jackman yeah. and Taron Edgerton are so great together. You know, the two Wolverines, the past and the future. Mark my words. Um, <laughs> Josh, Josh just got excited. Say less. Say honestly, less. Honestly, guys, if you haven't seen it, check out Eddie the Eagle. It got very overlooked, I think. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. I say that about a lot of horror movies, but Mike Flanagan's Hush starring Kate Siegel. Oh, Keep, dude. That, gonna, that was I'm 2016 on that because didn't that only go to netflix that didn't get a theatrical release oh that's true i i'm only calling on it calling you on it because you've called me on it before no that's so. that's probably but, true just because i was looking down at the wikipedia thing. of like american film releases so it lumped everything yeah, together yeah, yeah, yeah. no you're probably right i don't think hush ever did come to theaters i would pay good money to see it in theaters though oh yeah are you kidding me <laughs> hush the greatest Disney live-action remake to date, The Good Jungle Book, the non-terrifying Jungle yeah. Book. I love The Jungle Book, primarily because I didn't think I had that much of an emotional connection to the original to base it off That's of. Um, Jungle Book. Josh's favorite, Captain America Civil War. Um, and then, all sarcasm aside, Josh's actual favorite, The Nice Guys. Um, Swiss Army Man. The guys that most recently Gosh. did everything everywhere all at once. And I'm going, yep, that makes sense. That checks out. Dude, once that again, movie. Daniel Radcliffe proving how versatile of an actor he really is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swiss Army Man is fantastic. Uh, I, sorry, it is so hard for me to not, when somebody brings up everything everywhere, it is so hard for me to not be like, oh, just like go on a whole tangent because I genuinely, one of those is, it's generally one of those movies that if somebody was in halfway through watching it and go and said, Wow, this I think this might be my favorite movie of time of all time. I'd believe them on the spot. Absolutely. Anyway, the Daniels are have always been killing it, apparently. Star Trek Beyond, which also was a very 
I feel like it doesn't get talked about nearly as much as those first two, but I, I think mm-hmm. Beyond is a really good... It's probably closer to, like, traditional Star Trek. I like Beyond. Uh, That's why it didn't get as much uh, hype. Probably. <laughs> uh, and then you get a slew of outstanding horror this year. You get Don't Breathe. No, not Don't Breathe. I mean, Don't Breathe did come out this year, but that's not the one that I was thinking of. Lights Out, or as I call it, Dude. Nope, 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 <laughs> Nope, Nope. That one shot with the fingers coming up for the top of the door frame. Oh, heck no. Uh, Lights Out, Don't Breathe, Blair Witch Remake, Ouija Origin of Evil. Oh, gosh. Proving banger. once and for all that you can do a sequel of, of a horror movie and it be better than the original. Which isn't hard. Uh, <laughs> another another remake, Magnificent Seven, directed by Antoine Fuqua. I really like Magnificent Seven, except for whatever voice Vincent D'Onofrio is trying to do. Uh, Moana, still one of the best Disney movies that got overshadowed by the success of Frozen. Uh, La La Land, and another underrated movie starring Michael Keaton called The Founder. Uh, mm, the yeah. jacked up history of McDonald's. I really like The Founder, even though it makes me want orange high C and fries every time I'm watching it. Mm. All, all good stuff. Um, person, I gotta always have a soft spot for uh, a monster calls, but that's because I like to cry in the movies. Um, one, a movie that's really surprised me that year was The Shallows with um, Blake Lively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's literally just her trapped on a rock, being surrounded by a shark, and but like incredibly, like very tense. See, very I thought terrifying. it was Ryan Reynolds that was close with the rock. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh huh. Um. One of my favorite stop motion movies ever, Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, came out that year. Very good. Um, one of he's still to this day, and that's this is saying something, but like to me, one of Andrew Garfield's best performances in Hacksaw Ridge um, mm-hmm. came out it's incredible. Um, one of my favorite plays that we've I ever studied in school, Fences. Um, Denzel, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Correct. Yeah. Um, that they did the, uh, a live action of that. Um, say what you will. The first, uh, the boy is actually pretty tense and pretty te- good terrifying. twist. Good twist. Yeah. To the boy. Very good twist. Um, I hate that I have a soft spot for the angry birds movie, but it's a thing that happens. So, um, but yeah, what's uh, but let's do, 10 Cloverfield Lane is so good. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Had no right. I think I remember you and I talking and they were like, yeah, hey, we're going to do a uh, a Cloverfield sequel. And both of us were like, okay, sure. Actually, no, 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 because they didn't announce it was a sequel. They, they just said, hey, there's no, you're thinking, no, you're thinking of Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the Cloverfield Lane, they didn't say was connected thought, at all. Oh, until like right when the movie was coming out, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, to be fair, it definitely like if you don't know it's a it's connected to that universe, it definitely helps it quite a bit. Um, but yeah, like oh, Split came out that year too. No, um, it didn't. Yes, it did. What in the world? What is happening? Twenty seventeen. Uh, I hate my list so much. I just want. I, I'm just going to go off of what you have from now on. I guess. <laughs> because what's your what's your number one? What's your number we're gonna one? have I'm the same. It. We're gonna have the same number one for twenty sixteen. Assuming you got the years right, and that's Robert Eggers, the Vavitch. Well, I didn't get, remember, I didn't get the years right, so it's not my favorite of the year, but unfortunately. If, if it dar- was... Darn good. <laughs> Again, we're looking at best made movies, and holy crap, did Robert Eggers put in the homework to make the Vavitch what it is of 
Uh, I know some people are turned off by the Vavitch of um, the dialogue can be a bit hard to get through at times because uh, it's very old English. Josh is having way too much fun over there. I just have fun. I don't know why your your monitor does that from time to time. I have but no it, idea. Exactly, um, okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much about the Vavitch that is fresh and unique. I think for a lot of us, it was our first real introduction to Robert Edgers. And gosh, he's so good. Edgers. I, I appreciate whatever um he's your favorite director get his name right i'm gonna say yeah yeah okay here's the thing because the list is going crazy for me i'm joyce i'm just gonna say things with confidence and you know screw it you know oh so politician (laughs) yeah exactly uh but because i got my dates wrong and thought vivich came out in 2015 the nice guys is my favorite movie of the year of course it is (laughs) because Gosh darn! I did not know how much I love. I I needed a Russell Crowe, Brian Gosling team up um, until this movie. It is hilarious. It's so funny, so intriguing, very well shot, very well scored. A- the acting is incredible. Everyone's just giving it their all. Which, which, God. Also, who can forget the best? manly girl scream from Ryan, Gos- Ryan Gosling when he gets his arm snapped. It got so funny. The oh, best. See- or when they accidentally dump a dead body onto a wedding. Oh, the best. Like, it's such a good mystery movie. Love it to death. See, the part that always gets me is when Ryan Gosling is meticulously putting the napkin around his fist when he's trying to break open the window. And so it's that cliche <laughs> yeah, yeah. of like the, super- <laughs> of the hero of the story will break the glass and sneak into the, the door because he like will unlock from the inside. He breaks the glass and slits his own wrist open because it's exposed glass. That's exactly what would happen. And so, it's so get, funny. Smash cut to him in the back of an ambulance as they're trying to put blood back in his system. It's just so good. It's so well executed. Or mm. when he's sitting on the toilet trying to hold his magazine, his cigarette, and the door open while covering yeah, himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, gosh, Ryan Gosling in the in the 2010s basically was like, you know what? I'm done with doing rom-coms. Give me some serious stuff. Give me something funny. Let me, like, scare some people. Like, Ryan Gosling is killing it. Into, it's still to this day, honestly. Then we get to, oh, such a good year. Uh, again, I remember movies for the year that came out if it was a big year and 2017 was a very big year for me a lot of big changes happened in 2017 but just looking at it holy cow 2017 was an absolutely stacked year i remember seeing a lot of these with heather in theater so i can tell the specific memories but uh you get movies like split which came out in 2017 uh <laughs> 2017 was arguably one of if not the greatest year ever for comic book movies so you get like mm. the lego batman movie which some people will still argue might be better than the first lego movie i i i can go back and forth uh john wick 2 get out kong skull island the most underrated children's tv show slash action movie of all time power rangers darn right i said it power rangers like it. has yeah. no right being as good as it is and how dare you add character depth to them with that campfire scene of like how dare you actually have us care about these characters before they go into combat um a very underrated amazon movie that did get a theatrical release lost city of z uh starring charlie hunnam very good movie i don't think nearly enough people have seen it Wonder Woman, really love it, except for the finale, where I think it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Yeah. 
Spider-Man Homecoming, which was my favorite Spider-Man movie and favorite MCU movie for quite a while there. War for the Planet of the Apes. Robert Pattinson's mm, good one. Robert Pattinson's Good Time. It, uh, the first It, back when it was still good. Uh, <laughs> my guess for what might be Josh's top movie, Blade Runner 2049. It's you don't gotta call me out like that, but yeah. Blade Runner 2049, uh, Happy Death Day, The Disaster mm. Artist, the new first Jumanji movie, the one with Dwayne Johnson, which I didn't see for a while until after it came out. And I'm going, Oh, this is so good. Uh, and yeah. then Josh's favorite musical of all time, The Greatest Showman. Josh has this weird hatred for The Greatest Showman. I don't understand it's it. It's not weird. It's not weird because the main character is a terrible person. Oh, no, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but that was okay. never your criticism and you know it. <laughs> okay, fair. Josh <laughs> is a music uh, snob, apparently. Apparently. I don't know why. Uh, he thinks I, that music is yeah. too trendy. Um, What about... Uh, I almost want to look it up before I say it because um, uh, I'm not sure. I'm like so full with doubt. Uh, Kong Skull Island? I said Kong Skull Island! Okay, I'm dumb. Don't talk to me. Josh is uh, just deaf now, apparently. From so I'm many... deaf and, like, terrified. Um, Honestly, one of my favorites of the recent um, Alien movies, Alien Covenant, to me, was... It's not... It's better than Prometheus. Uh, not hard. <laughs> which is, I guess, a low not low bar, but... um, And honestly... The Golden Circle, um, the new the Kingsman movie is it's not bad. It's gave us that fantastic, um, death scene with uh, um, Merlin singing um West Virginia, um, Annabelle Creation came out that year did too, didn't it? Annabelle I Creation, so. oh, I, gotta... I that sounds right to me. Annabelle, which is again following the trend of movies, two thousand seventeen, um absolutely killing it on their second their second outing um i i think i know what your favorite uh, there's a little little movie that i don't think a lot of people have seen it's a space movie with ryan gosling not right not ryan gosling um jake gyllenhaal and ryan reynolds called life it's oh the venom prequel yeah basically uh but Super scary, fantastic. I personally really, really, really enjoyed Coco. Um, but that's I, I, I don't know why. I too many side quests exactly for me. Reason. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I have a feeling I know what your favorite of the year is. It's not that hard, I think. Uh, but yeah, mine is definitely Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Are you kidding me? Of course it is. It's like it's like a movie made for me. <laughs> like uh it's I because it so it's hard sci fi. We've talked about Ryan Gosling enough today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard. Uh, you give me hard sci-fi. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Um, Ana de Armas. Uh, oh yeah, Ana de Armas. Arguably Jared Leto's best performance ever. Um, and because mainly because all he has to do is be creepy. I don't know. Uh, I like seeing him getting beat up in Fight Club. I mean, but that's also because you like seeing him get beat up. Anyway, but yeah, Teen Titans go to the movies. Prove that twenty forty nine. To me, I've seen the original. I've seen the director's cut of the original. I still think I like 2049 better than that, that one, and that has nothing to do with like the graphics or anything like that. I think the story is better. It's more interesting to me. Um, but then again, I'm kind of partial to Ryan Gosling, so there's that. 
it, this should come as no surprise to just about anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when I was formulating this list, 2017, 2018, and 2019 were the easiest ones in the world to me. Just because mm. I think it was around 2017, 2018, 2019, around those dates is when I first was just like, you know, from this point forward, I can tell you specifically what the best movie that year that I was alive for. So that's kind of yep. where I kind of backtracked from there because 2017 for me, the only time I've ever cried harder in a movie than this was Toy Story 3. That being said, I bawled my eyes out at the end of Logan. Logan yep. is... I said earlier for 2014, X-Men Days of Future Past is the best X-Men movie of all time. And I stand by that because I don't see Logan as an X-Men movie. I see mm. it as a comic book Western more so than an X-Men movie. It's absolutely yeah, Western. Yeah. Like cinematography oh, is so, so good. Um, I still remember the guttural feeling when Professor X dies and you're just going, oh, that that wasn't a dream sequence. That just that just genuinely happened because the way that they do it, it so throws you off because it's so abrupt and so sudden. Yes. Um, it's one of Hugh Jackman's best performances, I think, and that's saying something because he's got a lot of them. Prisoners is also fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but seeing him go like full primal rage at least once before he got to hang it up. Um. It's just for the beautiful... time being. It's the last of us before the last of us, really. Of basically, a yeah. Grizzled, grumpy, bearded man has to take a young surrogate daughter type across the country to a place that's safe to protect them from an evil government organization. Hmm. And they both like flannel from time to time. Um They also have dead loved ones. It's it's just so good and so powerful, and it shows what the medium could really be oh oh balls i forgot thor ragnarok that's how did we both forget thor ragnarok because that uh, should be your top movie too because i was thinking yeah, 2017 was a banger year for comic book movies and oh, justice yeah, league yeah, also yeah. came out um but logan that was a thing <laughs> but logan is one of those like the dark knight that elevates the comic book material of just like when just when people start going oh man i'm sick of the comic book genre or they're all the same you get a movie like dark knight or you get a movie like logan mm. to come out and shake up the mm. status quo and go no if you put time and effort behind it it can be phenomenal and logan is it's a work of art it's just so incredibly well made ball my eyes out and then just completely losing it when she takes the cross and puts it on its side and makes an X and you're just going, God, don't dude. I, I was not expecting it hard, hit as hard as that, as, as that did. Um, yeah. Logan is fantastic. It, one of the best movies to me, probably maybe ever made probably definitely at least one of the best comic book movies ever made. Um, when they said they were making, yeah, it's uh, Old Man Logan. It's very loosely Old Man Logan. Yeah, it's very, very loosely. Logan, Logan happens to be old. That's all it is. Uh, mainly, which I kind of understand because the Old Man storyline, Old Man Logan storyline is, uh, it's bonkers, man. It's uh, also, de <laughs> that was it's too dependent on other Marvel characters that they don't have. Well, that and, you know, they have to, the world has to be in game world and uh that just uh that's a whole nother concept and all of it on its own so but like yeah, yeah Logan is fantastic super good let's move on to 2018 again this year was super easy for me and i was 
I felt very validated when this movie came out because from the first trailer, I was like, that's going to be the best movie of the year. And I was happy that I was right. And that's not confirmation bias whatsoever. Uh, but 2018 <laughs> saw movies like Black Panther, Game Night, Infinity War, Deadpool 2. I like Deadpool 2 more than the first one. Uh, the, yeah, same. The best Venom movie ever made called Upgrade. Upgrade is yeah. Upgrade's a good Venom movie. Uh, one of my only documentaries besides Waking Sleeping Beauty, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh, it's oh yeah, it's so beautiful. Uh, Hereditary, a very underrated action movie and underrated Dave Bautista performance in Hotel Artemis. Not nearly enough people talk about that. Mission Impossible Fallout, another underrated one because y'all wanted to badmouth it. I wanted to badmouth it too, but I can't because it's a perfect comedy. Teen Titans go to the movies. Gosh, it's so good. It has no right being as good it as it no is. has no right being as funny and as well-structured as it is. Uh, and for the time being, it's the closest we'll ever get to Dick Grayson being in a movie again. Um, Bad Times at the El Royale. No one talks about that one. That That's a very good one. Uh, Hollow Green, a.k.a. Halloween 2018. Creed 2, Aquaman, and Bumblebee. All within mm. the span of a couple weeks of each other. Um, 2018 Fantastic. was a great year. Uh, quiet. Did you say a quiet place? Nope. Oh, you didn't. Okay, cool, 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 cool. That's fine. No, that's fine. That means. Hold on, I gotta look. I want to confirm. <laughs> I gotta make sure because I don't trust myself anymore. Even though I literally spent like two hours on this list. <laughs> oh boy, now he's reconsidering things. No, I'm making sure. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool, cool, bet, bet, bet. Uh, <laughs> woo, that was close. Uh, oops, sorry. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, we finally got a sequel to The Incredibles in that one, which is, it's good. It's not as nearly as I have as forgotten as everything about it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's nearly as good as the first one, but um, it's still a good time. Um, movie that I'm surprised you didn't bring up, I'm pretty sure came out in 2018 with Ready Player One. You couldn't, you could not you talked about that movie for a long time um, i was lied to that's why i talked about it forever i see iron <laughs> giant in the first trailer and go oh they're putting iron giant in a live action movie so what do i do that week i buy the book and i plow through it in under a week only to discover iron giant isn't in the book at all they just completely <laughs> throw him in there so suckers like me will go see the movie and buy the book the movie's just going <laughs> hey you remember the 80s and i'll say this the movie's fine but it's a whole lot better than the book and a whole lot less problematic than the book and a little less convoluted the, the book is overly convoluted uh it, the ready player one is is fine, but no, an Iron Giant reference does not immediately put it at the top of a good list, <laughs> despite what you might think. Uh, it's fine. Uh, so my number one is actually going to be different than yours, and it's uh, I, it's Spider Man into the Spider Verse. It I it, yeah, that's 2018. I just double checked it. I just double checked it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. no, that I, I, this has to be right. Um, but yeah, it's literally one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made, in my opinion. Um, I it takes a character of Miles, which you know, honestly, before this movie, I was not necessarily interested in. Um, I thought he was cool, but like, I liked the concept, but it, like, wasn't really behind. And makes him now prob probably one of my top, at least top three 
Spider-Man of all time. He's so cool. Um, fantastic story. Way to take a multiverse and make it interesting. Um, we will never, ever forget, like, you know, car- the cartoon um, Pig, Pig Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir. I like, just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. Yeah, no other reason. Wet. <laughs> so good. One of the best, the, one of the coolest Aunt Mays of all time. Uh, just like how she casually already knows about Peter and his in his spider cave. Um, the music is incredible. One of the best, some of the best cinematography in an animated film. Um, it is, yeah, Into the Spider Verse is just legendary. It's super good. It to me, it's the best movie of the year. And for me, it's got to be John Krasinski's A Quiet Place. Yep. I adore this movie so so much there's just so much of it that i love i love the world that they build and i know some people try and like poke as many plot holes as they can but i think that kind of takes away from the fun of the movie but also like if you're paying attention most of the quote-unquote plot holes that people bring up get resolved in the movie if you just pay a little bit of attention um it's just Everyone is so brilliantly cast in the movie. I think John Krasinski is fantastic. Emily Blunt's fantastic. But I think so much of it falls on the weight of the child actors. And they are mm-hmm. also phenomenal. And having an actual deaf actress, I think, brings this gravitas to the role. Um, this legitimacy. She, her relationship with John Krasinski is so good in the movie. I think it's so incredibly powerful. Like, yes, it's a thriller when it needs to be. Like when um, the creature is slowly climbing up the stairs as Emily Blunt's giving birth or the Chekhov's nail when you know the nail's coming Dude. and she just, Ooh. no, no, thank you. But the moment I knew I was going from, this is a great movie too. This is easily the best movie of the year. And one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time is um, when the creature's attacking the two kids in the car and he slowly stands up with the shovel and sign mm. languages, I love you. I have always loved you and gives honestly the most guttural heart wrenching yell this side of Daniel Radcliffe's yell in order of the Phoenix like mm-hmm. in it. There's so much emotion just expressed in that it's relief of finally being able to scream it's pain it's anguish it's everything encapsulated in that moment it's pain it's terror it's everything but it's buying his kids time and then only after he dies just like she understand the big picture it's this beautiful father daughter story in the midst of a monster movie and it's just so well done the script's excellent the performances are outstanding um i just love a quiet place so so much yeah it's pretty good <laughs> it's, it's okay <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. It's just, it's just a thing. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's 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 really, really, really good. Uh, it it's crazy that that's isn't that John's director? Uh, I think he did one or two small things before it. Okay, okay. I was gonna say I was like, because that to have your first like real go at it like be that good is incredible. But even like if this is your first big project too, like that's still a very good sign, my friend. Mm-hmm. Then for wrapping us up for 2019, this was the easiest thing in the world for me. But also 2019 uh, was stacked. Ooh. You get movies like Escape Room. I actually like the first Escape Room. It's not bad. Uh, Shazam. Endgame. One of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Uh, John Wick 3. The Aladdin remake. Which also has no right being as good as it is. Because um, I know a lot of people won't bring it up. Crawl. The alligator movie. Was pretty good. Uh, 
the most fun I've ever had with the Fast and Furious, also known as the only Fast and Furious movie I've ever seen, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, another movie that has no right being as good as it is, Dora in the Lost City of Gold. Uh, Dude. It should not be as good as it is. Uh, same thing with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I love that movie. Uh, another underrated movie. 2019's got a lot of underrated movies because mm-hmm. you got not one, but two incredible Shia LaBeouf movies with Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh. Dude. Peanut Butter Falcon and Honey Boy back to back are so so oh, good. good. Like he he's gonna win an Academy Award someday if you know if the Academy ever takes him seriously, or if he takes himself seriously. Um, Joker. But that's part of his charm is that he doesn't because uh-huh. he ha- he can't anymore because <laughs> of what happened after Transformers. Joker. That's more on the list for Josh than me. I think he liked it more than I did. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Dolomite. I, I think- Dolomite is say, my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I will say the longer and more time that separates me from the release of Joker, the more and more I I, I don't think I like it as much as I, when I first saw it. <laughs> it. It's fine. It's a thing that happened. So yeah, Dolomite is my name. Very unappreciated. Zombieland Double Tap. Did they need to wait Let's 10 go. years? Did they need to wait 10 years? Probably not. But I still like Zombieland Double Tap quite a bit. Uh the Lighthouse, no thank you. Uh, Marriage Story, not one I'm going to watch very often, but it's a darn good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Sleep, more of you should have seen it in theaters, heathens. Uh, Ford v. Ferrari, Jumanji The Next Level, which I actually like more than the other Jumanjis. And lastly, this one's kind of a technicality, because I did look it up. This could fit for either 2019 or 2020, but I choose to put it in 2020 just because 2020 is not going to have a lot of other options. And also this released like January 10th worldwide, uh, 1917 released Christmas day and limited release in 2019, but I count it more as a 2020 release. I love 1917 and it's hands down the 2020 release, but not 2019. All right, just doing some uh, double checking. Uh, did you say fighting with my family? Because that I did. Fighting with my family is wonderful. Yeah, More people need to see it that. Is. Um, also, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, very, very, very close. I didn't. I, I didn't love Jojo as much as I was hoping I would. See, it's because for I, me, Jojo is doesn't know what it wants to be tonally. I think. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, the the emotion is there. Like, for those that know, you know shoelaces like that hits that that's incredibly well done other times i don't know if it always lands for me i get what that's fine i get yeah, what yeah, tech yeah. is going for and i think it's 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 good not not to the level of what i've come to expect from him though and you know what that's fair that's fair uh that is definitely a a fair um analysis yeah uh, analysis uh, sure whatever uh but no yeah jojo hit so hard for me um, and I, I don't know why, but like, it, I just, it, it was, I think that last like 15, 30 minutes of the movie, it just goes so hard in the paint after building this fun story about a kid, um, that I think to me kind of makes up for the tonal differences, but you know, to each their own. Um, but I, I think the, uh, number one movie of the year is easy for both of us. I, it, it's really hard to not do knives out uh like it's just it is incredible movie it's an incredible movie you can rewatch it over and over and over and still get the same enjoyment out of it and in fact more enjoyment more enjoyment um 
this was it's like a it's one of those great um mysteries because once you know the secrets then you're like okay did i miss things and guess what guys you, you definitely did. missed a lot on your first watch and i love that i love that and i think there's still like times that i've gone back and watched it three or fourth times that i'm still catching things that i missed before yep like i love that uh jamie lee curtis's husband could have completely avoided her ever finding out about his affair if he didn't meddle with it again like yep. the, the brilliant kung fu panda always says a man will often come across his destiny on the path he takes to avoid it if the husband doesn't go into the office to try and snoop, he doesn't pick up the baseball. He doesn't throw it out the window. And then when um, Benoit throws the piece of the awning to the dog, uh, no, when he picks up the baseball, he doesn't throw the baseball to the dog. And then he doesn't find it later. It's a snowball effect. I'm just going, oh, that's so cool. But that's not part of the main story. That's just a little side story. There's so many little pieces that are so well done like um when they're showing uh not instant replays but showing flashbacks of stuff of just like you've got to climb up the wall and sneak in the door and then when they show later it's like there's a footprint on the counter and you see that marta completely steps over the counter but chris evans scuffs it and you're just going the little details are so mm -hmm. good in this. Like, there's so many details, but the cinematography is perfect. I lost my mind in the theaters because I'm I'm a cinematography person. I appreciate good camera work. I loved in Knives Out that when they're interrogating everyone, because the mystery has not been solved yet, everyone is off center of the knives creating the donut with a hole in the middle. It's a donut hole. But once Benoit has figured it out, he is centered perfectly in the middle of the shot. He fills mm. in the donut hole. It's so perfect, guys. Don't you understand? It's so masterfully done. Nothing is accidental. Glass Onion is, is good. But man, it's got a hard reputation to live up to because Knives Out yeah. is one of those that as soon as I was done with it, I was going... This genuinely might be one of the best made movies I've ever seen of just like it is airtight of everything is done intentionally. But also aesthetically, this movie was made for me. I, I like the sweater weather vibe of this movie. <laughs> I, I feel like I need a clam chowder when I'm watching this. It's just it's wonderful. The only thing that could have made it better is if there was like some pumpkins or like some spoopy music in the background. It just... Knives Out is so good, people. I can never say it enough, dude. And I, I love, I love. Uh, I think for me, what makes it one of the best is also just the, like I said, the rewatchability. Seeing um, Chris Evans' character and like all of the crap that he does to try to throw everybody off, and it's just, gosh, the acting's fantastic. The, the, the shot designs that is so purposeful. And what's crazy is I think. When we first heard about this, like the trailer was fine, but like all of us were like, this is Ryan Johnson, like Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson. Okay, sure. Uh, so I think at least for me, I don't know about you, but I did not expect much from this movie. I was going to see it because it's a murder mystery and I like those, but yeah, yeah I, I didn't have much exactly. expectation. Yeah, I also really like Daniel. I like Daniel Craig a lot. He's I having he's so much fun. He, I, I, it's so crazy. Um, 
I love him in Casino Royale and Skyfall. I think those are the only two real James Bond movies that I enjoy him in. Um, but like literally everything else, he is so good and has so much fun and is so interesting to watch. Uh, it just, yeah, everyone, it, this movie is fantastic. It's easily one of the best movies of that year. I would dare say one, one of the best movies of the decade. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you guys think? What are some of your favorite movies of the 2010s? Was there a year in particular that you thought was more stacked than any other year? Let us know down in the comments. Suppose like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you haven't already subscribed to us on YouTube, help us get to our goal of a thousand subscribers. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.